Yeah, it's a football Friday on the fan. Thanks for waking up with us. As always, hanging out with you until 10 o'clock in the drivehuber.com studios. It is the wake-up call. He's Kevin Bowen. I'm Andy Sweeney. Young Elijah in with us. Three hours of NASCAR talk begins now on on the fan. I'm kidding. Uh, Elijah, good morning. KB, good morning. And boy, fellas, we got a big one Sunday in Lucas Oil. Our guy Rick Carlisle gets an extension. Happy birthday to him. How about that? That. Oh, yeah, and uh, you're dressed up, you know, in all Notre Dame garb. You know, it's Pitt on Saturday, right? You know, well, it's, Pitt. it's like a bye week. What are you doing? Forty four thirteen. What are we talking about? Maybe I'm celebrating the big secret scrimmage win over Xavier. There you for go, Micah Shrewsbury sure. and the bunch. Notre Didn't Dame even think about that. Basketball season right <laughs> around the corner. Yes, Good Friday morning to you. Should be a really nice night as everybody now is playing in the IHSCA football playoffs. All the classes. Now in action, we got some big matchups tonight here in the sectional semifinal round. So Greg Rakestraw at 8, Thad Mata at 8.30. To say Thad Mata blew up <laughs> Butler's roster last season would be an understatement. It was awful last year for Butler. Um, they are totally new look. Uh, so we'll chat with him coming up at 8.30. And as always, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts at 9. I was talking with Matt yesterday. He has labeled the New Orleans Saints as the dead car battery team. <laughs> okay, I like that. I like any any analogies we can use going into Sunday. I'm fine with. So and, give it to me. Let's go. Yeah, I, I think you and I have probably both <laughs> been in that boat. I think all of our listeners could share in a little bit of a dead car battery. Yeah, three weeks. It's called here. three weeks ago for uh, me. I feel like he's onto something. Okay. I, I look at their roster, particularly offensively, Andy, and I'm like, there are some dudes that would probably make me a little bit uneasy if I were Gus Bradley. But then I watched them play, and I'm like, they are a dead car battery. But when does that charge come? Is it com- coming at all, or is this just kind of the reality of the 2023 Saints? But like, I think of Alvin Kamara. I think of Chris Olave. I think of Michael Thomas. Uh, defensively, they've certainly got some probably a little bit more veteran guys that stand out to you. Uh, for the 37th year in a row, Derek Carr is playing the Colts. <laughs> Seems to be like an AFC South quarterback, even though he's never been that. So... Um, I think that is a pretty good analogy in describing the opponent coming up on Sunday for the Colts. And as we've really talked about all week long, um, while this game might not have the as much obvious magnitude of the wild card implications of last week, the divisional implications uh, of the game in Jacksonville two weeks ago, uh, you got to string some together. Yeah, there's just, you know, I'm looking at the game on Sunday and there's just, like, there's no pivot for the Colts. They're they're, they're better than the Saints. Uh, I would argue that they're playing better than the Saints. They, Are they a better team? I, I mean, I, do I they mean, have better individual talent? I mean, probably not better individual talent, but you know what the over-under for Alvin Kamara is on Sunday? I looked at it this morning, getting ready for the six-pack. It's 53 and a half. Uh, I mean, one, you know, one or two nice you know, really one nice 35-yard rush. You break one on Sunday, you're going to top that. I just, to me, the Saints don't have a good, you know, you mentioned this yesterday. The Saints don't have a good feeling around their team, do they? No. I mean, the, now the Colts, to be to be honest, the Colts have to be frustrated and they cannot have one loss become two losses. Uh, but I've been clear. 
I'm not off the Colts. Hey, things are going in the wrong, wrong direction. But if you lose Sunday at home and you would go to one and nine, what is it? One and nine the past two years, year and a half or so at Lucas Oil, it would be a disaster. You go to three and five, perhaps a trade deadline's different. I, I don't know. To me, just you need a good feeling. You need a win. You need to kind of get back into the groove of feeling good in that complex. And it's such like, I know JMV does this and sometimes he probably does it with a smile, the must win thing, but we have to come up with a moniker for what Sunday is because uh, I don't know if it's a must win because obviously the Colts are not trying to make the Super Bowl or anything else, uh, but it's something because they need a win, they need it badly, and the Saints are presenting nothing uh, at the quarterback position, at the head coach position, and some of those players that you talked about just haven't been great, and you know what's frustrating about the Colts as well, KB, is, you know, they can, and last week was totally this, they can hit all these numbers you want them to hit and still lose. <laughs> and that's that's the most frustrating thing. But later on, I do have a couple numbers. I think there's a number they need to hit on Sunday. Okay. How's that for a tease? I like that. Um, yeah, you know, Sunday wraps up, Andy, this four home game and five game stretch. And you know, for most teams, they would look at that as an opportunity to, you know, gain some some steam in the divisional race or whatever race that they tend to be in. Um, you know, for the Colts, they haven't been a great home team at all. So, you know, when you look at Sunday, it's like a win and you split those four home games, two and two. If you lose, you go one and three in that four home game stretch. And it's not like you played... I mean, you played a bunch of really average teams. I think when you look at the Rams, you look at the Titans, uh, obviously the, the the Browns and the Saints here. Uh, and then you look ahead, Andy, and while, again, I think the opponents on paper are very, very manageable, you do have four of your next five away from home. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you go to Carolina, you go to Germany, come back from your bye week, you play Tampa, and then you go to Tennessee and to Cincinnati to lead off the month of December. So then all of a sudden, now it shifts. Now it's like, okay, you are away from home, and... and I mean, if you want to go off the past, you know, you know, a couple of months with the Colts, they've been a better road team than they have at home. But I do think that is something to note. Uh, I am happy on this Friday morning that Baker Mayfield got done what I needed. Hey, to get got done. you two touchdowns, didn't he? What, what else did he get about? you? We talk yeah. about the backdoor sloppy. <laughs> you better believe quarter it. Touchdown. That Mike Evans touchdown. You know, at, at the end of the day, no matter who you go home with at the bar at 3 a.m. if <laughs> Your buddy's going to make fun of you. You might get the last laugh out of it. 237-2, and two, which is exactly what we thought. 237 yards, two touchdowns, a two-point conversion on top of that, a fourth and 10 touchdown to Mike Evans with, what, three minutes yeah. ago, two Hell, minutes it's ago 20, yeah, 20 yards rushing. There's a couple little points for you. Look Just at you. Outstanding by Baker last night. Took a while, trust me. It was a 60-minute <laughs> grind with Baker Mayfield last night, but as my... Sub in fantasy quarterback, what I needed. The Bills, most importantly, get a much needed good? victory. I'm a little worried. Oh, you should be. About I, Josh Allen. I, I don't think the Bills are very good. I mean, that was a fine win. Listen, if the Colts went out and beat the Saints 24-18, to 18, I think every Colts fan would walk out of Lucas Oil. You'd be at home watching the game, and I think you'd be like, all right, we're good to get, you know, that's good for us, good for Gardner, good for our defense doing its thing. Uh, one at home, need to win more games, obviously. A Lucas Oil, 4-4 four and four in the season. I just, I, I mean, listen, I know to punish them, I was listening to a little bit 
of uh, of, of the unsportsmanlike of the ESPN radio show before us. And Canty was kind of hard on the Bills as well. I, I guess I feel that I know they're five and three. To me, I mean, the the thought of them beating a good team in the postseason, I don't think is going to happen to well, you if they make it. I would not want to see them opposite me round one. I, I, I wouldn't want to see Josh Allen opposite me round one. I, I think there's a lot of other teams I point to in the AFC and say, okay, if I am whatever, Baltimore, or if I am Miami hosting a round one playoff game, uh, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs is not the duo that I want to see. I know they've been very Jekyll and Hyde. They've been very up and down, uh, but they also have been there to a degree, and they still have a quarterback I mean, just watch him last night when he was banged up, spent time in the medical tent, and he ends a game with over 360 yards of total offense. I mean, he is a freak. And if that shows up for a game, you're out. And I'd much rather take my chances playing a... AFC South team. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm trying to think of who else. Because that's who be Buffalo's going to get if you they know, don't. If they don't win the East, they're going to go and they're going to play whoever wins the AFC South. Yeah, right. I mean, it's going to be something like that. If you are Jacksonville, I, I don't know. Would you rather play Buffalo in round one, or would you rather take your chances against I don't know Cleveland? Sure. In in round one, so um, I, I do think Josh Allen. You know, whatever this many bye weeks going to do for him. I mean, there were times last night with that right shoulder. I'm kind of like, damn, is he going to? I mean, is Kyle Allen really coming in the game here? It amazes me. And this goes back to the Anthony Richardson conversation that we've had before, Andy. It amazes me. They flashed up the graphic right before the game started that Josh Allen, for as reckless as he plays, last night was his 79th straight start. 79. Like, he plays the game. We have a small 170-snap sample size with Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson literally... Might as well be in bubble wrap compared to how he runs versus how Josh Allen throws his body on the line seemingly every week. And there's Allen, 79 straight starts, and Anthony Richardson... You know, it was I saw the picture of him in the uh, him in the doctor Doctor E. Starts. Did you see him in Doctor E? I'm in Doctor E in L. A. Getting yeah, the rehab started. Getting it done. I did. I did view. You know, I was watching that game last night and looking at the box score this morning. Josh Allen obviously he threw the ball 40 times, and we know uh, what they're going to do. They're going to throw the football when you have those wide receivers. And James Cook Kinkade, was decent though. Yeah, and Kincaid's a good tight end. And anyway, you know, just going to throw the football. It's not bad weather yet there in Buffalo. But I thought of you. I did think of you during this game. Oh, that was a nice Josh year. Allen had seven carries for 41 yards and a touchdown. And I go, that's exactly what KB wants Anthony Richardson to do on the ground. <laughs> seven carries. Eliminate. Elim- not, not, not eliminate. Not, not eliminate. Not lim- or, excuse yeah. me, limit. Not eliminate. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I need you, to get that brand in here. I was going to say, you can't mess up your I own know, saying. This I is know. your thing. I'm going to have to get that tattooed on my forehead here over the next... 10 months. Uh, Pacers back in action tomorrow night. I, I guess if you want to look at a little bit of a benefit, uh, it's a, I would say, a notable game with Cleveland. You know, they are in your division. They are a team that obviously finished above you in the standings last year. Cleveland plays tonight, so they will be on the second night of a back to back. It will be in Cleveland. Donovan Mitchell uh, hit a, I, I guess you call it a game winner, hit a game winning three uh, with about 10, 15 seconds to go on opening night over Brooklyn. He had 40-plus in both of your meetings last year in Cleveland. So this is the Bruce Brown you know, type of matchup of, okay, this is why you go out and get a perimeter defensive guy that certainly has the ability to, whatever, try and limit what Donovan Mitchell did to you last season. I did see um, the Pacers opening night broadcast the highest-rated 
television game for the Pacers since December 2021. Yeah, I saw that. Um, the Golden State Warriors matchup, I think if you base it off of last year's opener, they were up like 60%, which, you know, for the ratings nerds out there, that's a pretty big number. And it's not like the Wizards are drawing in some people. Uh, here for opening night. So I think the entry kind of speaks for itself with this Pacers team uh, and a big one uh, tomorrow night as Rick Carlisle. Happy birthday to him. And he probably is enjoying a nice breakfast today, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. I, 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 I would imagine so. I guess the only thing I have on this is do we know if Donovan Mitchell is going to play? I know, like, I know the Suns have already tested the NBA on the load management. Last night you had a back, a locked up back for Devin Booker. And I know that's been kicked after around. He played in the yeah, after he played in the opener. He did not play. Now Bradley Beal did not play for the Suns. He missed game one. Uh, but you had Devin Booker who played and obviously played well in game one there for the Suns. Didn't play. And that was the initial fight is, hey, this is, you know, you're, you're looking at game two and game three already in an NBA season and you have a star not playing on a nationally televised game, what's going to be the conversation there? I don't know. I just bring it up. Don, do, we, do we know Donovan Mitchell is going to play? I mean, it'd be a back-to-back. It'd be game three. I mean, that's exactly the time that you would rest somebody well, what if you, you were going to do any load management. If you're going to rest, wouldn't you rest him tonight? Wouldn't you rather have him for the Eastern Conference Divisional yeah, you're team probably than right. you would the Western Conference yeah. Yeah. You know, Thunder team? Thunder good, too. Uh, so yeah, Thunder that's... better than the Pacers, you think? Um, I don't think so. They might have a they might have a couple more notable names. I do like the perhaps Shea Gilders Alexander. Yeah, he's very good, outstanding player. So a lot to get to here on this Friday morning. Again, it should be a great night here for high school football. Thad Mata going to join us coming up at eight thirty. The World Series is underway. We will have game one coverage right here on these airwaves tonight. So it will be Texas and Arizona getting things underway here in the fall classic good friday morning to you i am kevin bowen he is andy sweeney elijah with us in studio here on the ones and twos thank you for that and we appreciate you tuning in to the wake up call of kb and andy on 93.5 107.5 the fan the morning checkdown omaha 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 on 93.5 and 107.5 the fan yeah, your morning check down. Let's start week eight in the NFL. We talked a little bit about it there in segment one. Bills moved to five and three on the season. 24-18 winners last night over Tampa Bay. Josh Allen, 324 and two touchdowns through the air. Also had seven carries, 41 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Uh, so there you go. Tampa Bay now a couple losses in a row. They fall to three and four, kind of looking more like the team, quite frankly, that we thought they were we're going to be. Obviously, we get ready for the Saints and Colts. Haven't played too much as Shane Steichen sound this week with all the happenings. Here's Steichen two days ago talking about the Saints defense. A little bit of an illness going through the New Orleans roster right now. They had three guys on their injury report due to illness. Alvin Kamara did return to practice though after missing due to illness on Wednesday for the Colts. Four guys did not practice yesterday. That list is this. Braden Smith, so in all likelihood missing a third straight game due to a hip and wrist injury. Uh, Kylan Granson at tight end remains in concussion protocol. And then on the defensive side, the two guys that got hurt on Sunday, that would be rookie cornerback Juju Brents and young defensive tackle Eric Johnson, who had been filling in for Grover Stewart. Uh, Zach Moss did return to practice, though. So a little bit of a lengthy Thursday injury report. 
for the Colts. Uh, Pacers, again, they are back to practice today. Rick Carlisle, fresh off of that multi-year extension. So uh, with him being in a contract year next season, that is no longer. Uh, 64 today for Rick Carlisle, is that correct? Uh, it's 63 or 64. Let me look it up, yeah. Happy it's a good birthday, birthday for him, though. How about him? that? He will join us coming up. <laughs> On Tuesday, and uh, off to Cleveland today for the Pacers. They will take on the Cavs tomorrow night again. Cleveland, a back-to-back. They take on the Thunder tonight. It's a little bit of an advantage there for the Pacers. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Give us another swoosh, Elijah. There we go. Uh, quickly, NBA Bucks winners over the Sixers, 118-117. You see Dame drop 39. <laughs> so Quite the debut, Pretty right? good pickup for him, at least early on. And then the Lakers, 195 over uh, over the Suns. We talked about that game. And just a shorty here, we got to talk about it. Rangers-Diamondbacks World Series. We'll have the coverage beginning tonight on the fan at 7 o'clock. Who you got? Diamondbacks and six. Okay, I'll take Ranger. I, you know, I'll go, f- I'll, I'll go the other other way i'll take rangers in six how about that rangers in six with that one uh college football this weekend locally all three the big schools in action it'll be indiana as a 97 point underdog to penn state i think officially 32 and a half is that right that that is right i finish this up because i have a question about indiana football in like us here on the show oh geez that sounds <laughs> riveting uh purdue's got nebraska pretty close to a pick uh in lincoln i think two and a half point underdog the boilers in that one notre dame back from their bye week they have pittsburgh not a great slate no this weekend for college football uh, oregon utah three 30, probably the marquee. Matchup. I don't even know where game day is. Where's game day? Do we have any idea? I would have guessed Oregon, Utah. But yeah, how do we not know where game day is? Yeah, I, I, I really don't know. I'm looking at, uh, I'm looking at Elijah right now. He's got nothing. I'm going to look that up. I have no idea where game day is going be to be Georgia, this weekend. Florida, would they? I mean, that that would be the only one that would make sense. No, my Indiana thing was, you know, I we, we have people that do sound over overnight, and there's uh-huh. always so much IU sound in there. And like, should we tell the producer, hey, you don't need to do all the IU sound? <laughs> Unless this is wrong, it says it's going to be in Salt Lake City, Utah, on October 28th. Okay, so yeah, it is Oregon, Utah, Utah, Utah yeah. Oregon. Mm-hmm. By the way, I think I might. Take Utah in that game. Six and a half, right? Yeah, I might take Utah. They are getting six yeah, and give, a me half the, at give, home. give me the six and a half. You know who else is getting points at home? The Pittsburgh freaking Steelers this Sunday. They're getting two and a half is that at Jacksonville? home against Jacksonville. Jacksonville's only game here in a 23 day stretch. Kind of odd schedule. Sorry, Elijah. I, I, you know what? I, I crapped on Trevor Lawrence and then he went out there and played a great game, so I'll do it again. There ain't no way in hell Jacksonville's going to go in and beat the fighting Mike Tomlin. Save that audio for Monday. On the other side, Colts and Saints. Saints, a slight favor. This one has shifted a little bit since earlier in the week. We'll dive deeper into that. Also, it sounds like the NFL um, has released, well, I I don't know if they wanted to release, but it has leaked uh, the calls that they screwed up (laughs) late in the game. I know it's Friday. Some people are like, I don't care. For those that do care, uh, I think the findings will be a little bit interesting on what exactly they got right and what exactly, or at least they feel like they got right, and what they got wrong late in the Colts and Browns game. We'll do that on the other side as well. Kevin Bowen, Andy Sweeney, Elijah Roberson here on a Friday. It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. 
Yeah, thanks for waking us, uh, waking up with us, I should say, on this Football Friday. Reminder, all the coverage beginning Sunday at 9 a.m. to get you ready for what's going to happen in Lucas Oil. And that's, of course, the Colts and the Saints. KB, uh, I got thinking during the break, I said we need some sort of moniker for the game. Not a must win on Sunday for the Colts, but we need something. How is cut the crap? Is oh. that a, is that wow? <laughs> that's a sports radio thing. Is that good? I mean, come on, listen. What's uh, the crap? Well, I mean, Minshew doesn't need to turn the football over. You would agree with How that? How many turnovers right? until we ask about Ellinger? Oh, a uh, hundred. I mean, oh, to, wow. To, to He's me, got that long of a leash. I, to, to me, he has a substantial. Um, you can make the argument. Substantially he's, long leash, does he not? He's the reason why you've lost these last two. I mean, if you, if he does it for a third straight game, Gardner Minshew's earned that leash. I think, okay, so here's the question. Shane Steichen, we can bring it up. If if they lose on Sunday. If he's it, got three, turno- and he has three, three turnovers yeah, and they lose. And he has three turnovers and a couple of them are bad. And, you know, one's in a really, really bad spot. And now you can point to it and say, hey, listen, my man, you, you know, this has turned into you've had 10 turnovers in the last three games. It's it's led to, you know, 50 points, 52 points, whatever that number. Because right now that number is at 37 points. I believe you wrote that on the website. So if you tell me, hey, it's another 14 points, suddenly you're up to 51 points. He has nine, 10 turnovers in the last three games. We he can bring it up. Do you think anyone would bring it up to Shane Steichen? I think the question can be asked if that hypothetical plays out of another loss, another turnover-filled day. I mean, he's your backup quarterback, and um, I would say three substantial turnover days. I mean, three games? I mean, that's, that's a streak, and that comes at a time in the season that obviously – uh, is not helping you out in any way, shape, or form. Not to act like Sam Ellinger all of a sudden is going to come in here and you know you're going to build a statue next to Peyton Manning by the end of the year because of how he plays. But um, this is something that you can't have continue. And when I hear the phrase "cut the crap," um, if it's going to go on for a third straight game, then I think it is something that just deserves to be asked. I, I do want to. I guess we're putting a bow tie on it, and you know, part of this is just how the news cycle plays out with this story because obviously it's a Friday. We want to focus on Colts and Saints. But Mike Chappell did have this yesterday, Andy. I wanted to relay it to our listeners that might have missed it. We know Jim Irsay stated uh, late Tuesday night that the NFL missed some calls late. Uh, He did not say which calls they missed. I think we all just assumed that they had missed the illegal contact and the defensive pass interference, the back-to-back calls on Daryl Baker Jr., um, Chapel is reporting that the missed calls were actually not necessarily those two plays. Um, the illegal, I guess we'll just go in chronological order. There were three calls that ended up being debated, if you will. The illegal contact should have been picked up, not because it wasn't illegal contact. It was illegal contact. What the NFL deemed after looking at it is if you look at the all 22, so think of the bird's eye view camera of the play, EJ Speed hits Phillip Walker like a millisecond Mm -hmm. before the Daryl Baker Jr. infraction occurs on Amari Cooper. Therefore, once the ball is out, of course, pretty much anything goes. And that illegal contact, they deemed it again happening just a split second. Uh, after that ball is jarred loose, therefore the fumble should have happened. The defensive pass interference penalty on the very next play, they said was the right call. 
they deemed that ball as catchable, and that is a flag that should have stayed. Then you go to the fourth and goal, and the NFL stated that Zaire Franklin should have been rewarded a holding penalty. He got <laughs> held on the fourth and goal from the one. Yeah, that one that one I don't want to hear. I just don't want to hear that one. Yeah, and, I saw that. Yeah. And that final comment right there, Andy, is why I get to how the hell are we ever going to review all of this? That is a play that no one has talked about at all. Not a and, second. And I'm sitting there watching the final play of the game last night, Tampa and Buffalo. I mean, if you go back and watch it, yeah. Buffalo commits a blatant pass interference penalty on the final. It, it, it's two Hail of the Mary. last three weeks. They did it against the Giants, and they did it last night. They were, they were showing it while you were talking. Blatant. So what are they saying in Tampa this morning? Are they saying it shouldn't come down to a Hail Mary, or are they having the same song and dance that we had earlier this week? Like, I, This is where I just get to it, and it's a little bit of you kind of throw your hands up in the air, and you have to accept the human gray area element of officiating I I just don't know how we get to a point where are we going to review all of this because if you look at those final three calls I probably thought it was illegal contact which again it's more of a timing thing it sounds like less of a Daryl Baker Jr. actually committed the penalty I thought it was beyond uncatchable that that one still dumbfounds me and I watched that fourth and goal (laughs) You know, a dozen times and never thought a holding penalty should have been called. You know, what this also would do is if it expanded any, you know, replay in any way, which I'm totally with you. We are in lockstep in agreement here, KB. It would it would put coaches on the hook for a lot of these things. You'd have to have a Michigan guy, basically like Harbaugh, who is just looking. Did did EJ Speed or Zaire Franklin get held on a fourth down? Now because you that's said not you get, anything. Now, you, you were bringing up earlier in the week, you like the... One penalty challenge a game. Yeah, you get you get one. I mean, like like you know, you think of John Harbaugh when Zay Flowers was interfered with a few weeks ago with EJ Speed. You could throw it then. Yeah, you get one. You get one for the entire game. And I mean, I don't know if that would be good enough. It wouldn't be. I guess what it would be is you would you you would have an opportunity if you believe there was a ridiculous call to get that overturned, you could hold that to the end. If I mean, there's some strategy there. You know, there could have been an egregious call that happens in the first quarter as well as, you know, with a minute and a half to go in the fourth quarter. So there would be some strategy that would be there. It would be yet another thing that someone like Shane Steichen would be asked about. You know, why didn't you use your challenge in the second quarter? Did you think something was going to happen in the second half? Um, uh, it would be yet another avenue that we could go down, and you know, to me, we're talking about we're talking about one of these per game that might not even get thrown. This specific flag, if you will, that wouldn't show up the NFL, right? Because that's what the NFL is worried about is you knowing how their officials are grading out that they're missing a bunch of calls. I mean, isn't that one? I mean, that's the reason they don't want her to say saying anything with yeah, any and, of this. And again, to me, you know, providing some transparency is the proper way to go. Um, I get the NFL acts like the FBI and so much of this. Um, and, and I don't want to, I guess, get too, too deep into it. But again, um, find it worth mentioning uh, as that news cycle has kind of continued to play out this week, um, what my chapel is relaying from the NFL. You said you got one number. One number for Colts Saints? Well, yeah, okay, so... 
my biggest problem with the Colts this year is there are not a lot of common denominators other than the turnovers, right? We did this last week, KB, that when they turn the ball over, they lose the game. When they don't turn the ball over, they usually create a couple more turnovers and they win the game. And sometimes football uh, is really that simple. If you look at the Saints defense, and and again, I just went and I just looked at rushing yards. This is what I did. I just looked at rushing yards and I said, because I did passing last week and you know, I mean, I mean, they have you know Gardner Minshew threw the ball what 55 times against the Ravens, and so when he throws the ball a lot in other games, we say, well, you know, he doesn't need to be throwing the ball 50 times, which I agree with. But he also did that in the biggest win of the season and one of the more surprising wins by anyone of the season. So just looking at numbers in wins, the Saints. Now I'm looking at the Saints. Their defense has allowed 83 yards per game in wins. When the Saints win, they allow 83 rushing yards per game. When they when they lose, it's up over 100 at 110 uh, yards per game. And again, you can go to uh, the Green Bay game, the Tampa game. Obviously, the last two games for the Saints, the Texans and the Jags. Elijah's Jaguars. Elijah. Just mother's Jaguars I'm were a able Packers to. Fan. Okay, my mom is a Jags fan. <laughs> okay, I thought you were a Jags no, fan. No, no, not in this okay. city. No, okay, okay. Well, they <laughs> they were able to move the football and obviously a couple touchdowns there by ETN for the Colts. Again, move turnovers aside because that's the most vital number here that we can talk about going into Sunday's game. Um, in losses, they've ran for 102 yards. Have the Colts per game in losses. In wins, and again, the outlier, the Browns, 168 yards. I mean, that is by far the outlier, but you have to think, the week before, the Colts ran the ball for 44 yards. It kind of evened out the last two weekends. Uh, So 102 yards per game in losses. When they win, when the Colts win, it's 152 yards per game. That is substantial. I mean, that 50 yards is a chunk. Uh, and to me, this game is simple. Minshew can't turn it over. And, I, I mean, I know Zach Moss has been on the injury report. You get that 70-30 split with Jonathan Taylor. And I want to see Jonathan Taylor running his ass off on Sunday. I mean, we can talk about a bunch of things. But to me, it's Minshew not fumbling the ball. I mean, to me, it's the fumbles that have been absurd. Minshew not fumbling the ball, whether it's throwing it away, whether it's laying down for a sack Um, and then to me it's a heavy dose of these running backs I mean I I think you need Jonathan Taylor you know yipping right around what 100 yards and you probably need you know Zach Moss what 40 50 yards to me they need to go up over 150 yards and they don't need to fumble the ball if they do those two things I think they probably have an 85 percent chance of winning the game on Sunday I've never really loved rushing yards as a stat that indicates wins and losses because I think it can get so skewed when you're just trying to milk the clock late you know I, I think back to okay you have a lead and all of a sudden you grind out you know 40 yards on a final drive and then it's like all right you're over 100 for the game and when the Colts rush for more than 100 yards they're 15 and one well again oftentimes it's just the objective of that final drive that gets you over that threshold having said that I mean this screams so much of it screams Jonathan Taylor is now the bell cow and that's going to show up on Sunday and he will have a day of normal or old Jonathan Taylor. Again, Zach Moss was back to practice yesterday after missing Wednesday's first uh, day of the week, so that, that that looks like a good indication that Moss will still play 
coming up on Sunday. Uh, correct if I'm wrong, New Orleans is a pretty good run defense, right? Yeah, I mean, New, New Orleans' defensive numbers, oh, I pulled them yesterday. Just in general, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're yeah. a pretty good defense. They're top seven or eight defense in the NFL. And again, this is, I, I love the Matt Taylor who's going to join us at nine, 9 o'clock. I love the dead car battery analogy he goes with in describing the Saints because they are three and four. But again, individually, you point to guys offensively, a little bit more household than Alvin Kamara, Chris Olave. Michael Thomas, but defensively, whether it's Cameron Jordan, whether it's Demario Davis, Pete Warner's had a nice start to his NFL career. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore is a very good corner. I mean, those are some dudes. Like they, they have some individuals, um, and I am curious. And this goes back to a debate we've had this week about Michael Pittman. And I it, again, those comments to me were not scolding hot by any means, but he certainly said something. And I think this season, in a contract year. If you gave him some truth serum, there's a little bit more at stake here. How does Pittman respond? How does he handle Lattimore? This is a team that's going to press man you all day long. Can the Saint or can the Colts hit on some crossing routes and hit on some kind of balls in stride? Like the Pittman touchdown we saw where um, if you make one guy miss or if you're able to kind of pick a guy, boom, you might have a lot of green turf in front of you. Um, I do think it's worth noting. Late last season, with the Eagles, of course, Shane Steichen and Gardner Minshew did face Dennis Allen and the Saints. Uh, Dennis Allen, their head coach, calls the defensive plays. Uh, it was a season low in points for the Eagles. Uh, they scored 10. Uh, Minshew had two fumbles in that game. He also had a late uh, pick six that pretty much iced it for the Saints. So, um, I guess you could look at a glass half full or glass <laughs> well, half that, empty. That doesn't make you feel good, does it? Glass half full says, well, at least he's seen them. And uh, second time will be better than first. the Eagles. And, uh, or glass yeah. half empty will say, he doesn't have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith with him. And it was a big struggle <laughs> late last year. So um, I do feel like there are just a lot of kind of interesting angles to two, three, and four teams meeting on Sunday. You have the DEFCON meter, a lot higher in New Orleans than it is here in Indianapolis. But if you are in the camp of this should be a team in playoff contention come whatever, mid-December, the DEFCON meter should be pretty darn high for you in terms of getting this one on Sunday, considering four of your next five are away from home. Yeah, to me, it's a season-swinging game, and there's always a few of those. And maybe that's a corny thing to say, but I thought, you know, the Cleveland game, because you felt like you were really going to win the game, KB, that that was a season-swinging loss. I mean, if we came in here and it's like, well, damn, this team has a win over Baltimore, and, you know, Houston is a team that's very much like the Colts, and they already... They already have a win over them, and they're going to play them later on in the season. And, you know, we start going through, you look at Cleveland, and, the, you know, the Colts in Cleveland, you know, absolutely could be fighting there for a final playoff spot. Well, you already have the head-to-head matchup on them, and we know that Cleveland is in that tough division that's going to beat up on each other with the Steelers and the Ravens and the, uh, and who am I missing, the Bengals uh, becoming a much better team. Uh, but, but to me in this game, like, I want to see – I want to see the Colts not do the things that that they've done that have been bugaboos. I don't want to see Gardner Minshew fumble the damn football. I don't want to see, you know, like right now, I, I, I don't mind saying it, like my pick right now would be the Colts winning 24-20. Well, you know what that means? That means the Saints probably get the ball at, at the end of the game. 
and it's 24-20. And now they're not going to be playing for a field goal. You're not going it's, Gardner leading an 80-yard game-winning <laughs> touchdown drive in 2017? Not, not, no? not, not yet. But it's like, okay, is your defense going to make the stop that wins the game? I mean, it it didn't do it against Cleveland. I know it was a fumble. I know the refs blew that call, but it's a millisecond call. It's a 50-50 call. It's the eye of the beholder type call. And, you know, we know how those things go. Is the defense going to step up? Is is Shane Steichen going to have brain freeze? We've seen that a couple times. I mean, again, I know they scored, what, 39 points. I understand it was a high-scoring game against Cleveland, but you gave 10 points away. You gave 10 points away. I mean, does I mean this offense has, the Saints offense hasn't been on fire. Do you set it up to where turnovers or questionable coaching decisions means the Saints can go three plays, eight yards, and kick a couple field goals, and you end up losing. You're the one that ends up losing the game 24-20, and you're you're the problem. So it's a swinging, it's a season-swinging game. The Minshew turnovers, the Minshew fumble, the defense getting a key stop, uh, and what Shane Steichen does or does not do, a coaching decision that can uh, directly affect points on the board Boy, to me, I don't want to see any of those be an issue after last weekend. I don't. Again, the NFL trade deadline coming up on Tuesday. I believe that's something that Aaron wanted to talk about. Aaron, uh, good Friday morning to you, man. Hey, I got a prediction and a suggestion. Okay. The prediction, the prediction is for the uh, Colts. If they, if they lose to New Orleans by the trade deadline, either Buffalo Bill or the Dallas Cowboys will have Zach Moss on their team. Mm-hmm. Okay. Write it down. And what I don't understand, before I get to the pace one, when is a turnover worth more than another turnover? Deion Jackson, I think that's his name, he lost two fumbles in two games. He get axed. Uh, Jameis Winston has eight in the last two games. And it's, like, not bad, you know? When are they going to get a turnover worth the same turnover? And my suggestion for the Pacers is they got something really good going right now. And they remind me of the 13-14 Golden State Warriors minus the coaching. Now, Cleveland, Chicago, Golden State, L.A., a few other teams, they were on the cusp of winning a championship, but they still seem fit to move on to another coach. I'm not saying Rick Carlisle isn't good, but I'm just saying he's really up there in age compared to his team. And I know they give them all right now, but when do that generational gap kicks in? And I'm looking at, you know, if you, you don't only need championship players, you need championship management. And there's been a... Thank you, Aaron, for that. Um, I don't know if I follow the Jameis Winston. Winston hasn't played, right? I don't know if I followed that one, but obviously some other stuff we could probably... Turnovers matter because Deion Jackson had Jonathan Taylor uh, getting ready to play behind him in three weeks. And... uh, and, Oh goodness! Uh, well, Zach Moss and Zach Moss was, obviously was back in week two. Was yeah. back in week two. Yeah. Uh, what? Uh, they well, don't have another quarterback. Let's go there. Uh, three and five. What would that do to your trade deadline thoughts? Uh, I, listen, I don't know if it. To, to me, three and five to me signifies that that you're not a playoff team. That you're not a playoff team. That you're not going to be a playoff team. Now you could say, Landy, so have Carolina, New England. 
okay, and you could become five, and you you could be five and five. So are you more willing to yeah. give up a Zach Moss in that case? See, I don't. Yeah, I would be more willing, probably. Yeah, but you me, still you still need backups here. I mean, if Jonathan Taylor twists an ankle and misses a week, I mean, we've seen how many Colts have concussions, right? I mean, you know, yeah, Grant's still dealing with it. To me, it's pretty simple. If they're not part of your 2024 plans, you make calls. You know, I bring up the Bobby O'Karake thing from last year. Uh, you know, Bobby O'Karake walked in free agency. What did you get in return for him? Absolutely nothing. Everybody brings up, a, well, if they sign somewhere else, you're going to get a comp pick down the road. Colts aren't getting a comp pick for Bobby O'Karake. The formula doesn't work like just because they sign elsewhere. If you make other free agent moves, that's going to you know cancel out oftentimes uh, the guys that you lose. So in my opinion, um, if you do lose on Sunday and it gets to three and five, you look at your roster and you say, okay, what guys do we think will not be here in 2024? You make calls on that, and in in a perfect world, Andy, in return. You know, you would execute some sort of trade like you did last year. And honestly, getting Moss back, because when you got Moss back, he was under contract for two years. Mm-hmm, right. So you got him for the rest of the 2023 or 2022 season. He was helpful, very helpful, when Jonathan Taylor uh, was put on IR late last season. Uh, and obviously, he's been beneficial to you here in 2023. So I don't look at it as much of like, you might have injuries and depth and concussions for the final two months of the season. I look more at it from a can you find a piece that is not some expiring contract and or are there any draft picks in return that could help you moving forward? Here's where Zach Moss is potentially really valuable if this team goes three and five and if they say, hey, we know Moss isn't going to be back. We just put big money into Jonathan Taylor. Uh, we understand kind of where this season is going uh, and, and everything else. Yada, yada. I can just keep going. Uh, fans understand what I'm saying is there are other guys out there that should be on the trading block that are bigger names and that are going to garner A, more attention and B, their trading teams are going to want more back. Saquon Barkley, if the Giants lose to the Jets on Sunday, I, I see no reason. To me, he's to me, him, him and Derrick Henry are Zach Moss on steroids. Does that make sense? Like, there's no reason if you're blowing up everything that a that the New York Giants need to keep Saquon Barkley and go through the song and dance with him another offseason. There's no reason that the Tennessee Titans, if you're saying we're waving the white flag, which, I mean, we can argue if they have said that or not by trading a safety away. I mean, they are starting Will Levis on Sunday. By the way, Hammer was in here too. Too many. A lot of people like the Titans getting a couple points at home with Will Levis. Am I? Am I missing something? Can it's Atlanta, a Desmond Ritter, right? In the uh, Falcons? Yeah, I mean, I don't believe in Desmond Ritter, but can Atlanta's defense not? I mean, like I stop give, him? Like anyway, give I, it to Henry thirty-five I, I, yeah, times. Yeah, I don't. And see what happens. I, yeah, that's kind of the way I am. And but if you're if you're new GM there with the Titans, right? And perhaps you you know perhaps Vrabel isn't there, whether that's his own accord or not. And you're gonna have a new quarterback, and it's gonna be new. Everything's gonna be new, and Hopkins is going to be gone. I mean, Hopkins is another one. What, what, what's the what's the sense of Derrick Henry other than you don't think the FC South is very good? Okay, true, but Jacksonville has shown that they're the, in the last, what, 15 days, 16, 17 days? I mean, KB, they've shown they are the class and they're going to win the AFC South. And, and quite frankly, you know, the Texans have probably shown they're number two on that list right now. So, I mean, I look at— You, you put the Texans ahead of the Colts? <sighs> 
If the Colts lose on Sunday, I would. Now, the Texans have Carolina. Is that a tricky game coming off a bye? I don't know. I tend to think the Texans would still win that game. Uh, But yeah, the Texans beat Carolina. And, you know, we talk about Minshew fumbling and we brought up Sam Ellinger and we're talking about getting rid of guys. We're talking about three and five. I guess my point is Moss is a damn good player that a a good team could use and they're not going to have to give up the capital of a Saquon Barkley or Derrick Henry. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's why he's valuable. All right, trading Moss is much easier than trading a Henry or trading a Barkley. I mean, there's a lot that goes into absorbing that contract. In Barkley's case, you know, would you give him an extension? Is it just a rental? They might look at Zach Moss and say, that's much more of a cheaper rental and and what I have to give up. And, you know, let's let these final two months play out. So, again, I, I don't think I'm expecting much activity from the Colts, but I do think the trade deadline is a time where you've got some desperate parties, like more so than the draft, more so than free agency. You've got some desperate teams. I think it's fair to say San Francisco's trade for Christian McCaffrey was a desperate move. Did it work out? By all accounts. But that was a pretty you-know-what type of move. And can you find any of that coming up on Monday or Tuesday for a team that I think if we all are honest with ourselves – it's a little bit more of a, all right, 2023 is not the end-all, be-all. This is a little bit more about what the next couple of years look like for this franchise. All right, again, Thad Mata going to join us coming up at 8.30. And uh, Greg Reichstall on the other side, he will join us next. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta. Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Yeah, busy morning. It's a football Friday. Greg Regstraw going to join us here in just a second. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, will join us his normal Friday 9 a.m. slot. And then Fed Fed Mata going to join us here in about a half an hour. Cannot wait to uh, get out to a couple of their games. Fed Mata coming up at 8.30. Busy, busy. Tonight, Colts happy hour coming your way at 6 o'clock after JMV World Series Game 1, 7 o'clock here on The Fan. Then, of course, it's all coming up on Sunday. Colts and Saints, all the pregame coverage right here on The Fan beginning at 9 a.m. All right, let's head on out to the Payless Liquors Hotline. Greg Rakestraw joins us every Friday in the 8 o'clock hour. Rake, good morning, sir. How are you? There we go. There we go, Rake. How are you, man? I'm good, buddy. How are you? We're fantastic. Uh, I'm always interested. I've asked you this like a couple of the last few weeks. You're watching the game. You're getting ready for the postgame show and everything else. And then the Colts lose in the final seconds. And there's controversial calls in the final seconds. How does that change Greg Rakestraw, the radio man, who's getting ready to do a show? And basically, you know what you're going to talk about has all happened in the final few seconds of the game. Well, I will say this. Last week was, and I've been doing this for 12 years in terms of the Colts postgame show. Last week was the first time that I kind of led with an official's call. Um, I, I thought that was that bad. Um, now, you can point to the end of the first half and say, hey, if, if the Colts handle that better, if the Colts handle that differently, they don't put themselves in a position where an official's whistle decides the game. But not one, not one whistle, but two decided the game last week. 
Um, and, you know, Jim Irsay talked about this. I have cited this example in the past. I am, I am a proponent of being able to challenge pass interference calls, officials' calls, period. The example that I cite the Canadian Football League. CFL is like that. You can challenge a call like that in that league, uh, and I think you should be able to do that here. I know we did it one year in terms of after the terrible call in the Rams-Saints playoff game in challenging pass interference calls, but clearly there was understanding that you know I think maybe one or two of those calls were overturned the entire year. It was a complete joke. Um, because uh, I think clearly, if you if, if you're able to challenge those calls, you would have gone back, and at least the second call would have been changed or overturned. And again, now we're having a different conversation about that game for the rest of the week. Right. Given that, how shocked are you? And then again, I'm relaying this from Mike Chapel that the NFL said the pass interference penalty was the right call, and that the illegal contact um, should have been picked up. Not because it wasn't illegal contact. They do believe Daryl Baker Jr. committed a, a, an infraction there. It just happened a split second after the Philip Walker fumble. That's why the flag should have been picked up. Well, I mean, that's, again, that's why that was a wrong whistle. And on the second one, they're incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that to I where we it. get all this gray area, right? Because, like, even a review there wouldn't have changed it. And that's where right. I, I just feel like it goes back to when pass interference was reviewable for that year and just how worthless of an experience that was. It became a why I remember Frank Reich being like, why am I going to throw the challenge flag when right. I know that it's not going to be overturned? Even if I do feel like a play like Sunday was clear and obvious to 99% of us. Exactly. No, I mean, it just, it's just, that's incorrect. That's against the spirit of that, the way you have written the rule. Again, if that is called as defensive holding, I go, okay, he did it. He grabbed him, absolutely, because it was an uncatchable ball. So if you call that holding, so be it. Now you're putting the ball out of the three- or four-yard line. And, again, given kind of the time and scoring the way Cleveland had moved the football, I don't think Cleveland finds the end zone if that ball is at the three- or the four-yard line instead of being at the one-yard line. He's Greg Gregstraw. Beautiful night for high school football. Some big matchups here on the semifinal side of sectionals. We'll get to that in just a second. Rake, you obviously deal with a lot of raw emotion on Sunday afternoons, typically around 4.30 and 5 o'clock. Um, how bad would it have to get on Sunday for somebody in Shane Seikens' press conference to ask him if Sam Ellinger is going to get a look? Um, it would have to be very bad. Um, and, and I think beyond that, like a repeat of the turnover prone Minshew we've seen the last two weeks, I was going to say, I, e- even with the turnovers, given how well the offense moved the ball, I, I don't see a scenario where that happens. I mean, it would have to be cataclysmically bad. Um, you know, Jack and, and, and frankly, worse than Jacksonville to talk about that. I did get an Ellinger phone call. After the Jacksonville game, none of that like that last week. So, so yes, I acknowledge. Hey, you got to do a better job of hanging on to the football. Um, and, and there's, you know, it was more interceptions two weeks ago. There was clearly the one this past week. To me, the problem is a don't let your quarterback get hit so much, and b uh, when he does, Gardner take a hit better. Hang on, hang on to the football. Um, but I, I don't see that scenario playing itself out on Sunday. Uh, 
before Andy ch- chimes in, I just feel like his recognition's got to be better. That's something that stood out to me, whether it's Kyle Hamilton as the free blitzer or even like feeling Miles Garrett. I mean, he was in front of you. I mean, his eyes were, it's not like Miles Garrett hit him from the blind side. Well, the play, the play call was a double move, too. So you know it's going to take time. And, and, and you know he's and you a know, beast. pre-snap where Garrett is. Yeah, right. I, I'd like, for a guy that has whatever, 30-some NFL starts, I'd like to see his recognition a little better. And the Garrett play, I view it differently. And again, everything you said is accurate, but that is a perfectly timed. I mean, you're ready to throw the football and, you know, knock the football away out of his hands. The other ones have just been because of contact, ball comes tumbling out. That you've got, to, you've got to improve. That you've got to work on. Greg Regstraw with us here on the Fans of Football Friday on the Pay Less Liquors Hotline. Boy, it's a, it's a simple question. I don't know. I don't know. If I, but I don't know the answer to it, Rake. How do you think the Colts rebound and play on Sunday? Four and four and three and five. Vastly different the way we'll view yeah. this team come Sunday. Like we, like KB said, at about four thirty or so. You know, I actually think this team has responded well to adversity. I mean, because, again, didn't play well in Jacksonville the week before. Look what they did last week. I, I acknowledge they didn't win the game. But they scored five times against the best defense, at least so far this year, in the National Football League. They put up 456 yards of offense when other teams had averaged about 200 yards of offense against them. I think the Colts did a lot of things well. They just made enough mistakes and a couple of bad whistles go against them where they got beat by a point um, against, again, I think a pretty decent team. So the Colts have been a team, I think, that have responded well to adversity during the course of the season. So I expect them to play well on Sunday afternoon against a Saints team that I think is very similar to them. I think they're very much a – a mid-pack team, and I think that's kind of what the Colts are going to play <laughs> right. for the remainder of the season You know, at this point. He is Greg Rakestraw. He's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Rake, uh, pretty amazing just how the sectional draw has worked out. I believe you have four matchups tonight of number one versus number three in four of the six respective classes. Of those four matchups, which one stands out to you the most? Well, obviously, Ben Davis and Brownsburg, uh, because that's the game that I have on my NDTV 23, as well as uh, IHSATV.org with the free stream. Uh, but, but again, those are two of the clear state championship candidates of what I think are several, because the way the bracket works out, um, top three are on the southern half of the bracket. Obviously, Center Grove is the other one. But knowing that these teams have played each other the last couple of years, both in the regular season, uh, but also in the postseason, too, um, and it's the second straight year that they, they've drawn each other. So that's the headliner. Bloomington South, Bloomington North gets your attention. Obviously, Chittard and Garen Catholic get your attention. That's a little bit different. That's at least the second round because they both had to play, both had to be unbeaten teams to get to each other a second time, knowing that Garen hung with Chittard. I think they played in week six. It was 13-7 that Chittard won that game. So, uh, but if you're picking one of that group, it's Ben Davis and Brownsburg. Yeah, the other two, Bloomington North, Bloomington South, Triton Central, and Brownside. That Chittard Garen game's a late start, right? Because Garen's in the girls' soccer state finals? Uh, they agreed to push that back. That makes sense. And I, I know that that's the, the IHSA deals with that problem. They try to put teams that, that aren't playing in the um, in, in the football postseason in the, on that Friday night game if they can, but I think in each one of their six games, they had at least one team that was playing in the football postseason. So that, that I hadn't heard that, but that makes sense. All right, Rake, I'm going to put you on the spot. Upset special tonight in high school football. Any Anything that stands out? Could we get an upset? Where would it be? 
Where do you think? Uh, there, there would be there could be plenty of upsets. There were a couple of big ones last week, but off the top of my head, I would say maybe Plainfield and Harrison, uh, okay. which is in 5A. Harris, they, they've already played this year, and it was a one-point game. Um, just because even though Plainfield lost the last couple of weeks, they play a better level of competition week in, week out than Harrison does. So that's the one that's from, from a ranked team playing a ranked team standpoint. That stands out. The other one would be also in 5A with Bloomington South and Bloomington North. And, again, North has had a wonderful season. And, and um, Scott Bless is a good friend, their head coach. They're 9-0. and They beat South 25-24. But that has been a largely one-sided rivalry over the years. And you wonder if, if in, in the kids' minds from Lincoln North, is it a stumbling block to think, can we beat these guys twice? So I'm not sure if it's a major upset of three if three beats one, right? Uh, but 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 that comes to mind as well. He is Greg Rakestraw. He's with us here on the Payless Sugars Hotline. Rake, we've got Thad Mata coming up at eight thirty. Um, last year, obviously a disaster for Butler. Um, so many times, really in Big East play, they just frankly didn't look like they belong on the floor. A total total blow up of that roster realistically, what would a successful year look like in Thad Mata's second season? Um, you know, this, is, this, this sounds crazy high, but you can kind of schedule, work your way around it, even though they don't play that many cream pups, you know, in terms of non-conference, just because, frankly, there's so many, you know, cross-conference holiday tournament. You're playing 20 league games at this point. But I would say find a way to get to 20 wins. Um, you know, it used to be that was your automatic NCAA qualifier. I'm not sure that is the case. Um, so I, I think legitimately for Butler, almost, you know, the, the dream is always an NCAA tournament team since it's been a while. Um, but I would even think NIT, uh, you know, m- might be, um, you know, a good turnaround. Because as you said, you don't have to go back and look at last year's film. There's, there's no reason to because none of them dudes are on a roster. Uh, you, you have completely – there's a couple. But you have, you have flipped your roster so completely uh, that uh, it, 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 you are starting at square one. Uh, and so I, I don't think you go, hey, well, it's a young and building team. Well, no, you've brought in a bunch of transfers and, 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 and you've dialed that up. So uh, north of 500. NIT team flirting with the NCAA tournament. I think those are the mile markers this year. When you said cream puffs, it got me thinking of cream savers. I used to love that candy back in the day, Rake, and that got me thinking (laughs) we live in the same neighborhood-ish. If Rosie Bowen and Max Bowen make an appearance at the Rakestraw household on Tuesday night, what would be the ideal candy for Greg Rakestraw to hand out? Uh, it would be a heavy dose of Butterfingers and Reese's Cups. Oh, nice. I get, I get the candy that I like. You're which damn is right. Detriment to, which is a detriment to my own waistline. Um, <laughs> to mitigate that, I don't buy the candy until like Sunday night, like two days out, uh, because I would just be diving into that thing in my house way too many times. But it, it is a... Uh, and, and, and even though I live in Meridian Kessler, I don't make that size money. They're not getting full size candy bars. <laughs> right, they're right. multiple of the bite size as I hand those out on Tuesday night. What was the favorite Halloween costume in the history of Greg Rakestraw's trick or treating career? Now you know because I live in the 
sticks and had like three people within like a mile of my house. Like we moved from, I can't call it the city, but we were at least in town in Lanesville until I was like seven years old. Moved out to the country. And so trick-or-treating kind of went away early for me. So my favorite costume is one that I've debated bringing back for Tuesday night. Um, you know, we all a little more time to be creative in the pandemic. Uh, and, you know, I was, I've got the beard back now. Uh, because I, I I dressed like Andy Reid three years ago. Yes, and, 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 and not like punt, pass, and kick Andy Reid, like you know, modern Andy Reid. I do have access to you know clipboards and headsets, and and I can grow a sweet mustache. Uh, and so you know that if the spirit moves me. When Max and Rosie show up on Tuesday, yes. I may ask them to make a play call for me. Right? So. Do we have a picture of this? This is outstanding. Uh, I have got. I, I will. Uh, I will text it to you. Uh, I, it's on Facebook. If you do a deep dive from three years ago, it's there. Uh, and again, it's it's not like a Chiefs hat. It's not like a Chiefs shirt, but it's it's like red logoed apparel. I've got the, I've got the headset. I'm making a play call, and the way the misses frame the shot, there's like this <laughs> angelic glow of the sun behind me. Now there's two. Uh, and so and so I, I have I have been Andy Reid before, and I may be again. I, I love Let's it. Go send uh, me that pic, there, Greg. There, there's two things here. If you didn't have anything red or Chiefs or anything like that, now nobody would know who you are. But I mean, Andy Reid's been known to pop out the uh, what the the Hawaiian shirt at all the at all the coaches meetings and everything in Florida and other places. So he. He's done that, and then I assume you guys have seen the guy that does dress up like Andy Reid oh, yeah. at, at Chiefs games, and that guy, like, it's freakish, man. He looks just like Andy Reid. It's unbelievable. I, I, I could be that guy's stunt double. That's <laughs> fantastic. Uh, Rick, as always, great, great stuff. Good luck. Uh, ben Davis, Brownsburg tonight for yourself, uh, and uh, we'll see you Sunday in the press box. You got it, guys. Thank you. That is the one and only Greg Rakestraw right there. Andy Sweeney, do you have a favorite Halloween costume okay, from back in the day? Okay, so I, rem- I, I think, yes, I think so. Besides, like, the normal, like, Batman and the normal thing, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, being Spider-Man, but I, I remember my dad making, we took a big box that we had. It could have even been, like, a gateway computer box, if you remember <laughs> that. Elijah, you have no idea. Do you understand what a gateway computer box is? No. Okay, there you go. That makes me old. I'm 39. Uh, but anyway, so... It, firing it up I, sounded like an earthquake in your yeah, house. Yeah, I don't think it was that, but it was it was a big box, and so uh, my head went through the box, if you will. You know, my arms were on the other side, and you know, we put like a plate so it looked like my head was on a on a table being served for dinner, if, wow. you, if you will. How about that? <laughs> That's a big graphic. <laughs> you, you like that one? Halloween? I told you, this is not a normal Spider-Man is in the Sweetie household. Is Little Gas going to have to reenact that at some point? <laughs> he, I hope not. He might sake. at some point. And then Rake's right. And, you know, I know we'll talk about it next week just to have fun. But I've already, we, me and my wife have been buying candy along. So we ha- like, we're already good to go so we don't have to run out and battle on like the night before or anything. But Rake is totally spot on. You start eating the candy and there's no doubt on Tuesday I will have a stomach ache I will come in here Wednesday with a stomach ache and I've already had one stomach ache from eating too much of the candy already well, see, and that was like five days ago I was gonna say what, what I did is you know I, I tried to justify myself in early October being like oh wow the candy deals look great right now but yeah, in the back of my yeah. mind I'm like you buy it and you just start to continue to yeah. eat it and yeah. eat it and then it's like oh wait do we need to go out and get more candy now <laughs> yeah well now, we have to wear costumes on Tuesday by the way Okay. Oh goodness. Okay. I All need right. to. I need to start thinking of yeah. something. Oh my God. Okay. 
uh, you already have something, so I don't have anything right now. Yeah. All, I, all I, that stuff I, I, I threw, away, costume, I, I threw yeah. away when I moved. What do you dress up as? Like the leprechaun nah. at uh, Notre Dame or what? I'm a nice crispy okay. uh, piece of bacon. <laughs> I'll dress up as Charlie Weiss. Kevin Bacon? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like it. Rake oh, as Andy Reid is awesome. I love that. Oh, 100%. And the thing is, if the he's... The Bowens need to stop at the race yeah, straw If he's wearing he's red and has a headset, every dad, and this is not to stereotype just men, but every dad's going to know who that is. Oh, oh it's Andy Reid. That's big red. How about that? I did see you can order a Michigan spy costume. <laughs> yeah, of course you can. Of course you can. Pretty good. That's oh, one of those man. costumes that just, like, two years from now, you'll see a photo of yourself in it, and you go, what was I thinking? Now, That's uh, not even topical is, anymore. Is the FBI involved in this in some sort of way now? I thought I saw that on the bottom well, line. I think like, they're the, involved the with FBI the offensive doing? coordinator. The offensive coordinator had some off-the-field issues oh, that boy. they got involved Harbaugh's going to be out of there. He's going to be coaching the Chargers now, in six months. Elijah, you're on a college campus. Um, yes, I am. A college campus Ooh. for Halloween. <laughs> your, your eyes will see things you never thought they would see. Um, do you have a costume for... <laughs> I, I feel like, honestly, at a college campus, you just celebrate Halloween like yeah, tonight, I mean, tomorrow. I don't. Most kids don't. There's usually a few uh, people that are kind of out there. Oh, I'm kind of out there, but there's a few people that they'll wear funny costumes. One of my one of my friends wore a Snoopy costume to a, a sorority party. Oh, okay. uh, we All had right. a we had a rogue T-Rex running around. Someone was in a well, T-Rex girls always suit. loved dogs, oh, so they, it was a smart yeah, idea with Snoopy. I, well, it was a girl that was wearing the Snoopy. Oh outfit. well, <laughs> even. <laughs> I thought it was a guy named. I thought it was just a I'll guy named Ben. There, yeah. yeah. Okay. So when you when so I, you you don't have a costume though for no, Tuesday. I don't, I don't need one. I don't, this is scary enough. I think uh, when I think of Halloween and I think of football, I think of Johnny Manziel, who was in the Scooby outfit. Remember? And like he was just around a bunch of women dressed up as the devil or an angel or whatever stereotype. That, yeah. A lot of SEC talent in that picture, <laughs> yeah, if I remember yeah. correctly. I hope the company's end. not tracking what I'm, because that's what I'm looking at right now. I, I just remember Mark that Dykin, Johnny Manziel. I believe Mark Dykton was Matt Nagy last year <laughs> for us on Halloween. What a sick human being to be Matt Nagy. Uh, Fat Mata going to join us here in about 10 minutes. Uh, again, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, of course, at the top of the hour. We'll give our picks. Uh, are you? Do you have any reason, rationale, why that line has shifted from Colts as favorite to now New Orleans to the Saints yeah Saints favored by one dude I have no I have I have no earthly idea other than like is there an injury I I don't look at the injury report and think it's all of a sudden like that different from what we maybe thought it wouldn't be be, oh Granson or Brain Smith isn't playing and that's gonna change the line you know two points I don't view it that way I have absolutely no idea other than does the general public just think the Saints are a better team than the Colts, period, stop. You know, they they, they believe in Carr and they don't believe in Minshew. I don't believe in Carr. I think Minshew and Carr are a hell of a lot more similar than people like to to admit. Carr looked broken last Thursday night in the Saints' most recent game. He is getting into sideline spats with coaches, players, whoever – but then I also feel like we've got a little bit of scar tissue in this market, Andy, of like, this is the 37th year Derek Carr has played the Colts, <laughs> and he like pretty routinely moves the football however he would like. Now, I, I guess Devontae Adams is not on his football team like he was the last couple of years, but... I mean, even I mean, Hunter Renfro was torching the Colts. So, I I don't know. I Maybe it's past Derek Carr's scar tissue of, I, I think the stat was in his career against the Colts, it's like 15 touchdowns and four picks, and the rating's like over 100. And obviously, you know, face Gus Bradley last season. Um, 
So, I don't know. Let me ask you this question. We did, and again, Fed Mata joining us here in about eight or nine minutes. Last week, we had the conversation, and it was totally a conversation we needed to have, and then the game played out that way. It was like, Deshaun Watson or P.J. Walker, does it matter? Would you rather have Deshaun Watson? And then we saw Deshaun Watson play early on, and we thought, well, damn, I'd rather have Deshaun Watson in there, you know, the $250 man, than P.J. Walker, right? And that was a valid conversation. What do you feel about Jameis Winston? Uh, there, something some happens moments, with Carr? there were some moments last Thursday I thought, why isn't there more put Jameis in the game chatter? I agree with you. Now, when the fourth quarter ro- rolled around, and to be fair, at times it looked like Carr was a little injured, too. Uh, so it wasn't just strictly based off his performance. Uh, but it doesn't seem like that is as much of the chatter down there as you would think. Again, they have issues, and I think a lot of it is offensive line probably rooted. Uh, so certainly another opportunity for the Colts to try and take advantage there. Um, but I thought Carr kind of saved himself maybe in the fourth quarter from that becoming a huge mini bye week storyline for the Saints. So uh, still, but we'll, we'll see if the first half starts to go awry. Uh, could we see something coming up on Sunday? You know, Carr is just one of these contracts, man. Uh, I mean, he's just one of these contracts. I mean, they can't get out of this thing until after the 2025 season. The dead money is huge, especially next year. The dead cap money would be 53 mil. You know, next year that kicks in. You're going to pay him 36 mil next year and 45-7 the year after before you can get out of the Derek Carr deal. It's unbelievable. The Band-Aid quarterback thing is just, ugh, to me, it's just not the path to go down. But again, Saints will tell you, hey, who's winning the NFC South? Yeah, I, I mean, that's... Will yeah, New I mean, Orleans not, be hosting a home Tampa playoff Bay. game? Well, they could be. Yeah, they'd be so the it, four seed. So if it's not Tampa, it's either New Orleans or Atlanta. Probably. Hosting a home Probably. playoff I'll take game. Atlanta. Come on, Atlanta. Fad Mata joining us here in a few. Before that, so let's do a morning check down. The morning... Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Check down. On 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. I've got the Rake Straw Andy Reid picture. All right, I can't wait. You want to show it to me now or do you want to? It's beautiful. It's got to be beautiful. Let me say, we were creative during COVID. Oh, what did you do? Did you, did you write a book? What did you you start a podcast? No, I have an Andy Reid costume. Just uh, outstanding. Bills twenty four eighteen winners last night. Boy, Buffalo needed that win. They go to five and three on the season. The Bucks drop to now three and four. Uh, if you're Tampa Bay, it's lo- uh, they losers of three straight. Four of the last five. Oddly enough, the only team they beat in that you know last five weeks that one is the. New New Orleans Saints. So obviously that's going to be happening. And we do have Saints and Colts one o'clock on Sunday. And KB, tell the people the update here on the practice report. Yeah, so uh, Wednesday you had five guys that did not practice. Yesterday, Zach Moss was the only one of the five who returned to the practice field. So offensively, it's no Braden Smith, no Kylan Granson. Those two missed last week for Braden Smith. This would be a third straight missed game due to a hip and a wrist injury. And again, New Orleans front has got some guys, so that will be obviously something to keep an eye on. Uh, And then defensively, the two guys that got hurt on Sunday against the Browns, that would be Juju Brents, that would be Eric Johnson II, both of them out. So some key defensive pieces. They might not be the most household names, but Juju Brents, 
What do you do at corner? We kind of got into that yesterday. Uh, and then Eric Johnson, the second, that was a big replacement for Grover Stewart. Looks like he is going to miss Sunday. But New Orleans, their injury report, a couple guys with illness. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like it's just kind of always something to watch. Alvin Kamara was one of them. He did return to practice yesterday. All right, Pacers, game two of 82 coming up Saturday night. That will be in Cleveland, a 7.30 tip uh, up there. And Donovan Mitchell is a guy that had over 40 against the Pacers in both of those home meetings for Cleveland last season. Now, something to note, Cleveland does have a game tonight, so it will be a back-to-back for the Cavs. They've got the Thunder tonight before hosting the Pacers. Um, of the first nine, Indiana only has two on the road. So this is one of their two road games here in the first couple of weeks of the season. They will return home for a five-game homestand coming up next week. All right, quickly, Major League Baseball again. Game uh, one of the World Series will have it 7 o'clock tonight on the Fan Rangers hoping, uh, hosting, I should say, the Diamondbacks. Zach Gallen v. Nathan Ivaldi for the Rangers. Ivaldi 4-0 KB with a 2-4-2 ERA. That should be a good one. You have Diamondbacks in Diamondbacks six. I'll take the in Rangers six. in six. How about that? And the betting juice, I assume the Rangers are a decent favorite. Yeah, Rangers tonight on the money line might. Minus 170 and over under of eight, which uh, I think I would take. That's a good number. I think I would take the over. Ivaldi ends uh, exits in, like, let's say the sixth. He goes six and a third, something like that. The Diamondbacks able to get a couple runs. They can get to, you know, three, four runs. I think the Rangers go over. I would take the over there. I'd probably take Texas, but the money line minus 170. Again, college football this weekend locally. Indiana in-state college taking on Penn State. 32-point underdog in that one. Purdue and Nebraska. Pretty close to a pick them from Lincoln if Purdue wants any any shot at whatever sniffing bowl contention uh, this one would fall in the must category and Notre Dame and Pittsburgh as Notre Dame returns from their bye week uh, around a three touchdown favorite in that one all right on the other side Thad Mata it is a very different looking Butler basketball team in year two we'll talk with Thad about that next It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right, I hate to say it. I'm looking at Elijah right now, but I feel like KB put me on the spot. I got to come up with a Halloween costume for Tuesday. I don't have anything. Uh, to go to like Target or something <laughs> after the show this weekend. Uh, obviously, it's a busy, busy weekend. Colt happy hour tonight. World Series Game 7. Catch both of those on the fan. Pacers coverage on Saturday night. They're on the road in Cleveland. And then 9 a.m. on Sunday. You know what it is. All the pregame as we get you ready for Colts and Saints. It's all right here on the fan. Well, let's keep going. Let's go back on out to the Payless Liquors hotline. Head coach there at Butler, Thad Mata joins us on the program. Coach, a very happy morning. How are you today, sir? So far, so good. Uh, you know, excited as you were just talking, it's a hell of a weekend for Indianapolis and, uh, and you know, big weekend for Butler University as well and uh, getting ready to roll. Homecoming action for yes. the Bulldogs this weekend. Ohio Northern exhibition schedule gets underway. Uh, Thad, obviously a ton, a ton of turnover from last season. Um, I guess, why? Why did you feel the need that, that all of a sudden you, you not only needed to make a couple of moves, but you know retool pretty much 90, 95% of your roster? Well, you know, it was something I, I think that uh, after going through the season last year, 
and and just sort of reevaluating. I mean, just in terms of the the level of competition that we're playing at uh, in in the Big East Big East Conference every single night. You know, we felt like we needed to go out. We needed to add size. We needed to add, you know, specific positions. And and I think you know when you look at in in essence, we've added eleven new players to our roster. Um, you know, we went out and, and got sort of one of everything, and you know, from uh, two different types of point guards, you know, four different types of wings, uh, different types of centers, and and that's that's what I think we needed to do uh, to just sort of get a fresh start and and, and get guys in here that uh, you know we've recruited and and uh, you know we've got that bond with them, and and uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm I'm excited about where we are. When you're going and, and, you know, kids thinking about transferring and you're thinking about changing so much of your team, what's your sales pitch to those particular players? Well, I, I think this, first and foremost, you know, Butler, we, we got to get guys, and this program's always thrived on guys that have had a chip on their shoulder and, and, and had something to prove, maybe a little bit under-recruited or, or didn't work out where they were, but, uh, you know, they're, they're quality kids. They've got a quality work ethic, and, and um, you know, those were those were kind of the biggest characteristics. I, you know, we needed to change our locker room. I needed a different locker room environment, and, and um, you know, that, those were the type of things that we talked in depth with the kids we brought in about and just what our expectation was going to be in regards to, you know, who they were not only as a player but as a teammate and, and representing the university. Thad Mata with us here on The Fan. You know, Thad, I'm going to ask this. It's a generic question, but I'm going to ask you because you've used the portal so very much here early on in your tenure at Butler. So I was doing, uh, last year, I was doing sports radio in Louisville. And I was at the Final Four, and, you know, you interview all the coaches at the Final Four. I, I know you've been going through those interview circuits, I'm sure, on Radio Row and other things. And the main thing was the transfer portal, and there's so much good, there's so much bad. But I think you're an example of... Of the good, you you wanted to change the atmosphere in the locker room to get that buy-in, and in other years, I mean, how you go back to your tenure, like at Ohio State, you would not have been able to do what you did this off-season. Well, no, there's there's no question about that, and, and I think you know possibly when when you're in a situation of, of building a program, and, and that's obviously what we're doing here, um, having the ability to to go out and get veterans and you know uh guys that have, have played at the collegiate level before is i i, I think advantageous um and trying to turn something quicker than, than maybe in the past that you could and fat modest with us it is year two at the helm for butler i know you know you can't necessarily speak to you guys got to commit here from for Buff High School, I, I know you can't speak to that, but just generically, Thad, um, what would you say the percentage of of your recruiting is keeping eyes on the portal versus high school? You know, I, I would probably say the, the portal is more, um, you know, once the season ends and, and kids get in it, that sort of thing, where the, the high school recruiting um, – uh, you know, you're, you're you're constantly looking at that. I mean, hey, we we've got three freshmen, and, and I love all three freshmen we got in our program right now. I think they're going to be really, really good players for us. Um, so there's there's there is a balance. I, I don't know if I know what the percentage is, but there is a, a, a decent balance, and and a lot of it I think is predicated on who you're losing uh, off of your roster. Um, I think that's something. And, and as you guys know, in today's day and age in college basketball, you have no idea who's going to be on your team next year. 
seemed like you guys had a focus of like not just the quick portal fix of the one year grad transfer, but more of the guys with multiple years of yeah. eligibility. Was that a focus for you? You know, it, it, it was, yes. And and um, I think just from the standpoint of, you know, trying to create, uh, I use this word loosely, but longevity in college basketball. Um, you know, if, if you've got the ability to do that, guys, you know, the guys, all the transfers we brought in this year have multiple years left. And um, and that's something that uh, I, I'm, I'm excited about because I think as, as I look at this team this year, and I think, you know, down the road where they could be next year, it, it, uh, it's a great thing for us. Thad Mata with us here on the fan. It's a Friday. He's on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, I, you know, I look, I look at your time in the Big Ten, Coach, uh, and now you're in the Big East, and that Big East is a beast now, Coach. Uh, how, how, how do the two relate? I mean, you know, your time at Ohio State, it was always eight, nine teams seemingly in the tournament, and and boy, I tell you, not only not only like UConn, but the Big East is absolutely loaded. When you take a look at that conference, how Rick Pitino joins the conference. What do you make of it? Well, I, I do. I, I think this, you know, it's funny. People used to say, you know, how did you coach 13 years in the Big Ten? And I tell them, you know, you, you literally just sort of become numb, you know, and it's like <laughs> you, you you went in, you know, you beat Indiana on a Wednesday night and you're walking off the court and you're like, oh, okay, going to East Lansing on Saturday. This ought to be good. Uh, and, and, you know, the Big East has that, that exact same vibe. I mean, I finished last year's season, conference season, and I'm like, phew. I don't see much difference now. Um, I, I, I was so impressed with the, the talent level in the Big East. Uh, obviously, the coaching. Um, I think one of the one of the biggest things that got me or surprised me was just the, the fan bases that Big East schools have, and, and um, uh, just in, in incredible environments that we played in. Again, uh, Thad Mata is with us here on the Pale Stickers Hotline. Homecoming for Butler this weekend. Exhibition slate underway. Ohio Northern coming up at 7.30. Coach, I was fortunate to uh, attend a practice of your guys a few weeks ago, and, and all of a sudden I'm sitting there, and this guy comes up, and he's like, hey, here, you know, welcome, and, and here's our practice plan for the day. My name is Greg, and, and I think to myself, yeah, <laughs> yes, Greg Oden, I, I know who you are. Um, it, what I saw in Greg Oden that day was just a guy that seemed joyful, um, smiling. Uh, your players seemed to gravitate towards him. You just seemed in a great, great place. I know obviously he's been through a lot uh, throughout his basketball career and post-playing career. Um, how would you describe what either Greg has meant to your guys over the last couple of years or just how he's doing? Well, I, I think this, and no pun intended, Greg, Greg has a great presence. Um, and, and not because he's seven feet, 280 pounds, but just, you know, who he is as a person, as you talked about, all the things he's been through. I mean, every guy in my roster would, would love to have the chance to be the number one draft pick and, and all those things. And as you alluded to, I mean, uh, he had some, some misfortune with injuries and, and that sort of thing. But, you know, now I, I think he's trying to give back as much as he can to the game that was good to him. And uh, he, he does a great job for us. There's no doubt about that. How much do your players now know of the greatness of him? How much do they know? And things happen. Like, kids grow up and they forget about everybody, right? <laughs> How much no, do they know I, of Greg Oden? Yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, I'm still wrestling with the fact that they forgot about me <laughs> and, um, well. as a player. <laughs> but, no, I, I, I think this, um, you know, it, it's funny because if they ever was like, yeah, I remember him. And you, I said, just pull up his, like, highlights. <laughs> and it's it's the most amazing thing you've you've ever seen. I get asked all the time, who's the best player you've ever coached? And 
I think it's not a fair question. I mean, because Greg was an anomaly in terms of, of who he was as a as a college basketball player. I mean, you know, led us to the national championship game with one hand, basically. And um, so when they pull the clips up, they're kind of like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would, ima- I would imagine. You know, it's difficult to put a number of wins to it, and, and that's not something I'm sure you want to do. But when you look at, I, I mean, you know, number of wins, objectives, uh, the growth of this program, what are you hoping to accomplish? What do you think the ceiling for you can be this season? You know what? I, I, I that's why I'm excited to play them all night. Just, just to see um, kind of what we're made up of. I, I, I think this, the, the objective for me with this team is to compete their tails off. And and um, I didn't think I had that. Uh, the, I, I know I didn't have that at the level I wanted when I got here. And, and um, I want us to fight. I want us to scrape. I want us to, to put ourselves in position to win games down the stretch. And, um, uh, you know, as, as long as we're doing that, I'll, I'll be happy with, with what these guys are achieving. I want them to play smart. You know, I, I said last year, I said, hey, when the schedule came out, if we could win 18 games, hmm. To be like winning the national championship, and uh, you know we won 14 and had seven of our uh, seven our top seven players seven games out of 32 due to injuries, and you know very easily could have won the 18 games. Um, but you know you you look at the Big East, and I think there's I don't know three teams in the top 10 or top 15, <laughs> yeah. it is. and. Um, so we just we just got to keep getting better. We got every day. We got to win the day, and and, um, and and like I said, tomorrow night I I, I think you know Butler fans are going to see something a little bit different, just in terms of um, um, who we are as a basketball team. Coach, we'll end with this uh, Tuesday. That would be Halloween. I'm not sure how much that is necessarily grabbing your attention on the <laughs> calendar, but uh, if we were to show up to the Mata household, what would be the candy of choice that you would like to pass out? Well, fortunately, um, I guess I'll say this uh, in case any of your friends are listening, but my wife is one who takes uh, holidays to, like, when I say a whole nother level, I mean, like, a whole nother level. I once right. counted 13 or 14 Christmas trees in my house at Christmas season. Um, oh so. Goodness. At the Mata household, you you don't receive the bite size. You get the the main, and it's it's a selection like standing in the grocery store line. Let's go! You know, That's great. Yeah, you can you can choose whatever you want, and um, it's just always kind of been the way she is is. Uh, attacked Halloween and, and <laughs> other uh, uh, you know yearly events. How about this? Willy Wonka and the Mata household sounds sounds like that's what it looks like <laughs> great. on Halloween. Yeah. Coach, uh, it was fun watching you guys practice a couple weeks ago. The energy level very high, obviously. Totally new look, and uh, certainly you got some pieces to work with. Uh, good luck this season. Good luck tomorrow night, and look forward to a few conversations during the year. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Fad Mata, Payless Liquors Hotline. Oh, that's great stuff. Uh, Alex Barlow, by the way, also back on Butler's staff this year. Obviously, Butler fans will remember that name, certainly for what he did to Indiana over at Gamebridge Fieldhouse in that Crossroads Classic. He will always be in Butler lore for that, but uh, he was a part of the Boston Celtic Brad Stevens. I think he was maybe even the head G League coach at one point for the Celtics. He's now Butler's offense coordinator, so a little bit of a flavor in terms of, you know, obviously Greg Oden, you know, John Diebler, Alex Barlow. There's certainly some familiar names on that Butler staff for Thad Mata, and I there will certainly continue to be trying times, but I cannot reiterate how much different it looked watching them practice. Posh Alexander, transfer from St. John's. I've got a few others. Michigan State transfer, definitely bigger 
Uh, much needed because Andy, too often last year, they just got outclassed in the Big East. Yeah, the Big East is a beast, too, man. I, I mean, it's. I, I'm happy that it's back, quite frankly, that they found the way. You know, I know like UConn has thought about the Big 12 and all of that stuff. And, and I understand, you know, the football thing and the conference money and the TV money and everything else. But the Big East is, you know, boy, they, they have really found themselves. I mean, I watched, you know, when Creighton was a shot away from going to the Final Four uh, last year, just watching some of their teams up close. You had Rick Patino to it in St. John's and everything else. You know, and we can talk about this next week week and I know we have Maytay coming up in about 15 minutes um you 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 asking him about Halloween made me think of before he was a pariah that everybody now hates remember how Jim Harbaugh every year would brag on how his daughters attacked Halloween how they would have multiple costumes so they could hit the well, same house two or three times what is the Harbaugh quote <laughs> About like attacking, yeah, it's like or, attack the day or something. I, yeah, that sounded like Mrs. Mata with Halloween. I, I, it did, well, that's what that's what made me think of it when Thad said that, and I thought about following up with remember what Harbaugh said. But I have no idea if any other coach likes Harbaugh. I yeah, gotta be that's honest. Probably a good one. I, yeah, I have no idea if everyone just Tom hates Green's Harbaugh. the only one that likes yeah, him. T- Tommy, Tommy, Tommy Green's the only and that's one. By, and that's not by choice. That's by marriage. By marriage. Now, fourteen oh, Christmas trees. Are you decorating all fourteen? Dude, I, we have one. We have one. We have one, and then Maddie has allowed me on a small tree to okay. put my sport centric. Oh, so you, you have a sport centric one, yeah. which I'm is just a few sport ornaments on the it, big tree, Elijah. But most of my, I think this I have is a all J- Notre Dame crap. I think We've I have a four. Jason Giambi. <laughs> you have a Jerome Bettis ornament on I, Montana. I believe is the only okay. Notre Dame centric really? ornament wow. there. But yeah, for a while there, I, I forget what the brand is. I, you know they come out with the annual baseball or football ornaments, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So I had one point where I had a steroid section for my <laughs> baseball players. Bonds, I like that. Giambi. Sure. I think Sosa, maybe. Palmero. Ah, uh, yes. But I don't know if he was speaking English on the tree or not. Well, you never know. So, we would yeah. get Christmas ornaments every year, and my brother would always get whatever football player they had. So we had the Packers ones. You know, we got Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, people like that. But then he just would, if, if there wasn't any Packers players that year, he would just get a random one. So we've got some Ravens players, some Texans players on our tree. Get a Travis Kelsey, yeah, Taylor Swift yeah. ornament potentially here. Here it is. Year. Harbaugh's four-part uh, four plan to maximizing your Halloween experience. Step one, huddle up. Prep work is key. Step two, don't walk, don't jog, sprint. Oh my Step God. three, that be is exhausting. <laughs> be multiple. Two trips around the neighborhood is better than one. Step four, stay hydrated with milk. Mel's <laughs> drinking milk. Harbaugh wears me out. 745 at night. Harbaugh just wears me out. Do they have a bye this week? <laughs> I have no idea. What stadiums are they in watching I need, games I need, this weekend? I need to look it up. Michigan football. Uh, da, 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 da. Let me, let me find it here. I they've got a bye because we haven't heard from him about yeah, these they, comments. Well, they do, then they then they play Purdue. Yeah, they have a bye this week, and then they play Purdue next Saturday. They host well, Purdue. Ryan Walters, watch out Good for luck. Section 337 at <laughs> Lincoln, whatever that stadium is called. Uh, all right, Matt Taylor in 10. Thank you for tuning in on a gorgeous Friday here. It's a wake-up call with KB and Andy. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. I got a couple little games to watch. You want me? 
Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right, coming up at the top of the hour, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, going to join us here on the program. It's the wake-up call here on the fan. Uh, reminder, tons going on. 9 a.m. on Sunday begins that coverage of the Colts and the Saints right here on the fan. Now, KB, we're going to get it to a couple picks. 500 last week. I'm hovering right around 500. By the way, hammer a couple winners last night yeah. uh, for us again. Georgia Southern was the cover. Georgia Southern. You got to love that. Kincaid hit his over, I believe. (laughs) Yeah, that is one uh, if you're betting those games. Uh, You mentioned this earlier, just a new audience worth mentioning again. Uh, And I saw this from Scott Agnes. Valley Sports Indiana put it out. The overnight ratings for the Pacers over the Wizards. The most watched Pacers telecast in nearly two years. Viewership up 68% over last year's opener. That's unbelievable. Yeah, and that to me is probably what stands out the, the most. Obviously, the Wizards are not a draw. I mean, if you had to go back to the last game, that December 2021 game, um, the last one rated as high, it was Golden State as the opponent. I don't think people are tuning in to watch Danilo Gallinari and Jordan Poole too, too much. So uh, I think the intrigue is very, very much there for the Pacers. I saw attendance was also up 1,000 from opening night last year. I think it was 15,000 in change last year on opening night, north of 16 this season. Uh, and now seven of their next nine, well, I guess now they've already had one of them. So six of their next nine at home, five-game homestand coming up next week. Uh, encourage people out there to uh, certainly check out the Pacers. All right, so we have some fancy imaging uh, for the crappy picks of mine, the Sweeney Six Pack. Do you want to hear the imaging? Oh, wow. Are, are you ready for this? That means your picks need to be like 80%. <laughs> yeah, rate. please. Yeah. <laughs> Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. One of them. This is stupid, and I want my money back. Here's your weekend Sweeney six pack. <laughs> Uh, if I hit 80%, uh, you'd be doing the show with Jake, and I'd be in Belize right now. Do you <laughs> That's I'd be on a beach somewhere. All right, quickly, six games before we get Matt Taylor. We'll go quick here. I'll give you three in college, three in the NFL. Uh, again, don't bet your mortgage on these. I'm going to go Kansas plus nine and a half versus Oklahoma. Kansas covers at home. Uh, Oklahoma's played some close games. I'll go with that one. I'm going to buy the half point with Tennessee and Kentucky. Uh, I Tennessee minus three and a half. I think they cover that, but if you want to buy uh, the half point, you can. Tennessee ranks 36th in defending the pass. Kentucky just 107. Kentucky, by the way, also can't throw. Leary just 130 yards per game. Ugly game, 23-17 type football game. I'll go Tennessee there. I'll go Oklahoma State, favored by a touchdown at home against Cincinnati. I think they win this by 17 points, 21 points, something like that. Cincinnati 0-3-1 against the spread in road, Big 12 games. And I covered this guy for four years, Scott Satterfield, one of the one of the worst college football coaches that I've covered uh, in my 15 years plus. Not a good coach, not surprising. Cincinnati has taken a monumental step back. And then quickly in the NFL, I 
love I like these better. I mean, Steelers plus two and a half against the Jags. I'm catching points with uh, a solid team. 17-5-3 as a home dog under Mike Tomlin. I love them. Plus two and a half there. I'll take the Jets minus two and a half against the Giants. The Giants are last in scoring. 29th in total yards. You're putting 29th, your money on Zach Wilson? 29th. No, I'm putting it in the defense hands with the Jets and Tyrod Taylor probably the starter there and then the Ravens nine and a half at the Cardinals Cardinals have lost by 19 14 17 and 10 I think Josh Dobbs gets benched in this game 31 13 as the Ravens When's continue Kyler to be playing? Uh, next week or the week after. He could open up. He could play against the Texans. I believe that's week 11, if I'm not mistaken. So is that like going to hurt their race for number one well, pick? I, that's that's the question. Or you still get a pretty good pick, maybe not as high, and you now can trade Kyler Murray by showing, hey, this guy's healthy. He's back playing. Somebody would need a quarterback. So there you go. Colts and Saints, New Orleans. A slight, slight favorite in this one coming up Sunday at 1 o'clock. Matt Taylor has called the Saints the dead car battery <laughs> team. I think it's a pretty good analogy. We'll chat with the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, next. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, fun show today. Thank you to Greg Rakestraw. Thank you to Thad Mata for joining us. All of our analysis, we'll have our Colts picks coming up here uh, this hour. Matt Taylor going to join us here in just a second. You miss any part of the show, find the podcast uh, up at the podcast center, 1075thefan.com. You can stream there as well. Download the podcast anywhere uh, that you get your podcast today. So there you go. A fun show. Thad Mata I thought was fun. I think that's going to be uh, an interesting team there in the Big East to watch. All right, let's go back on out to the Payless Liquors Hotline. You know it's a Friday at 9 o'clock. You know that means the voice of the Colts. Matt Taylor joins us here on that Payless Liquors Hotline. Maytay, good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, fellas. Happy Friday. Oh, happy Friday. Ready to get to this Friday. This week went pretty quick for me, which I always, uh, which I always appreciate. Uh, Matt ahead. Taylor, you, yeah. you, you've go got ahead. to be a big Halloween uh, guy, he has to. aren't you? I'm a big candy guy. I can tell you that. I'm, you had the, we had the the Colts Halloween uh, outfit and the uh, the big party last night at Lucas Oil Stadium. Like six thousand uh, tickets were were given out, and uh, you know a bunch of a bunch of kids rolling around, you know, trying to fight off the bounce house lines and trying to get into <laughs> trying to get into the candy and the pumpkin town. It was uh, well well done, and yeah, my kids were there having a good time. And what is that? Tuesday night, Wednesday night for Halloween? Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday night. Be, be forty degrees. Are you a? I stay at home and pass out candy. Or are you out in the elements? No, I'm in the elements. I'm in the thick of it. I'm in the trenches, baby. Yeah, I'm oh, in. Man. I'm like a offensive lineman, defensive lineman. I'm. I'm. I'm positioning. See, we we've lived in our neighborhood now for about five years, so we know the good houses. Sure. We know. We know where we're going to get. You know the the. Um, 
the, the life size, uh, you know, Hershey's. You know, we, we know where we're going for the for the full size Airheads. We we we've, we've scattered it out. We know we're right around the block uh, where where we're going for the good stuff. We also know where the bad stuff is, so we we stay real clear of there. Gosh, you sound like Michigan scouting other teams right now. I was going to say you're intel. like Jim Harbaugh. I got a spreadsheet, fellas. It's both <laughs> outstanding. Bad. Were you yeah. a Warhead guy back in the day, Matt? Oh, I love oh, yeah. Warheads. Warheads were awesome. Yeah. Yes. Warheads were awesome. Yep. Are, are you guys a, you know, you're carrying uh, this for you too, KB. Are you you carrying the Yeti around the neighborhood, maybe with a little pinch of bourbon or something in it? Or is that or is that a no-go? Hey, now. Pro- probably not on a Tuesday. If it was a Friday or a Saturday, <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be in the wagon instead of the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's pulling Matt Taylor oh, around the neighborhood <laughs> in the old wagon there. Uh, voice of the Colts. How about the guy, too, that just stands out in front of his driveway with a grill? Making up hot dogs like that guy. Typically, have to that guy. Every neighborhood has that guy too. Yeah, yeah. And frankly, every neighborhood probably needs one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. It's another home game for the Colts, uh, ending a stretch of four or five at home before they go on the road or away from home. I probably should say for four of their next five. Matt, I think the analogy you've made with the Saints is outstanding in referencing a dead car battery with just the amount of talent that on paper you feel like they do have, but clearly they have not played very good football this season. For those that maybe have not heard, care to expand on your dead car battery analogy? I feel like every week I got one, and I don't mean to, but they just sort of come to me. And the reason why this one came to me is because Sunday morning, uh, getting ready for the Browns game, I pushed the start button on the old, the old trusty uh, Hyundai, and it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't fire up. Oh no! I, gotta, I have a dead car battery, uh, so I called AAA, bada bing, bada boom. The guy came out. I'm on my way. I still make the game in plenty of time, but that's that's what came to my mind when I'm getting ready for this Saints game. You know, you look at all the talent they've got. You know, Dennis Allen, great head coach. Pete Carmichael's been there for a thousand years. And you're thinking to yourself, like, why, why is this team so sluggish on offense, right? They're scoring only about 19 points per game. It's really hard for them to score touchdowns. I think they only have 12 on the season. Uh, Kamara's back. Derek Carr routinely throws for 300 yards per game in his career. Um, they've got great weapons on the outside, and Alave and Michael Thomas. Uh, Rashid Shahid is, is a, just a monster in terms of yards per catch. He's got great speed. You just wonder why it's not working. It's like this dead car battery in, in your car, and, you know, they can – They've had a bunch of miscommunication errors, and they've spent this this mini-buy this long weekend trying to get it cleaned up. But they can erupt at any time if they get the right jumper cables, and that's what they think they may have found, uh, again, with this long extended break here, having played on Thursday night football, except for the Colts' defense, to keep them down and not let them get started, because they, they can get started with all the talent they've got. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I'm sympathizing, empathizing with Matt Taylor. What three uh, About three weeks ago, KB, the old uh, Hyundai Elantra, I hit the button as well. Nothing. I look uh, I look at my battery. It's about five and a half, nearly six years old. So, <laughs> I took it I took it as far as I could take it, but uh, I felt the pain. And that was also, by the way, on a Sunday. That was also on a football well, Sunday. I, I Matt, think it was a Titans you, game. Matt, were you calm? I mean, you have an important job on game day. Yeah. Not, not many people do. Time is very <laughs> precious to you well, on a it was Sunday about, morning. It was, about, it was about 9 o'clock. Um, you know, so, so I had a little bit of time. But, you know, that, that's, that's when it's good to have good neighbors because I think – 
last last uh, case scenario for me was to just you know go across the street, knock on the door, and say, "Hey, can I get a ride about you know, seven miles north of here?" <laughs> That's what it was going to be. But you know, thankfully the guy came really really super quick, and you know, he was a total pro. He was like the uh, Gardner Minshew of, of battery <laughs> installers because uh, he's been around the block a time or two, and and uh, he did a nice job. I was in and out, or he was in and out, and I was on my way super duper quick. It was awesome. All right, so Matt Taylor with us here. Uh, Football Friday on the fan. He's on the Payless Liquors Hotline. I guess I'll ask you to pick one, but it's a it's a bigger discussion with this team. The Minshew turnovers, uh, and then, you know, I mean, this defense needed a stop at the end of the game. We know about the officiating, so they kind of got that stop at the end of the game, but, you know, whether it be the defense or Minshew cleaning things up turnover-wise, if you could pick one item you want to see the Colts kind of clean up this week against the Saints, what would it be and why? Well, I want to see both, but you know, I guess if I have to pick one, I think you know, if you if you boil down these two losses, it's it's got to be turnovers. I mean, to 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 be able to rack up 456 yards of offense on the best defense in the NFL and score a season high 38 points and still lose. That's just excruciating, and it just proves that it's really hard to win football games in the NFL. The margin of error is razor thin, and you're not going to win football games turning it over four times, right? You've got eight turnovers in the last two games. Those have led to 34 points directly to the opposition. And, you know, in two games when you lose by 18, it's not hard to figure out why. And, you know, the the Browns, I I don't want to take anything away from them because they won that game. It's the NFL. You apologize for nothing rightfully so but I mean the Colts kind of gift wrapped it they did I mean they had the, the Browns had five scoring drives of yep. 40 yards or less they didn't have game. to do anything they got the ball and they kicked a field goal they didn't have to do anything for some of those points and, and in one of those turnovers obviously it's that you know it's, it's a defensive score in the end zone on a fumble recovery so that that's part of it too but yeah you're just not going to win football games uh turning it over eight times in, in back-to-back weeks and in fact the Colts have they've turned it over four times in consecutive games KB for the first time since 2010. So it doesn't happen all that often. Um, but listen, Gardner Minshew historically has been really, really careful with the ball and, and very intentional with it and, and doesn't have, you know, uh, back-to-back games with, with four turnovers, eight turnovers total here. And, um, you know, the fumbles have been a problem. The picks have been a problem. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's a third straight game here. The Colts are going to play a top-ten defense. And if you look at the Saints, they do all the things well that a, that a great defense does. You know, they're they're good at stopping the pass, uh, pretty good at stopping the run, but they're elite. You know, too, and taking the football away. They've got 12 takeaways as a defense. That's top five. They've got a takeaway in every game on the season, and they've got guys that can give you a lot of problems. They've got Tyron Matthew. They've got Marcus May, Marshawn Lattimore, Pete Werner, who you know pretty well there at Cathedral. Cameron Jordan still getting it done in, in year number 13. So. What you can't have happen is a guy like Miles Garrett wrecking the game. You have to make sure, like Cameron Jordan or some of these other guys, don't go off on you because it's been it's been very difficult for the Colts. Uh, unfortunately, it's it's like the team's the other team's best player just can continues to ruin the game against the Colts, whether he's a wide receiver or a defensive end, that they've got to do a better job of just limiting the damage from the other team's top players. And then defensively, it goes without saying. You just can't let P.J. Walker go 80 yards in the last drive of the game 
And I know the defense has been put in some bad spots, as I said, chronicled all the turnovers. But, you know, that's the difference between a good defense and a great defense or a great defense and an elite defense is no matter the spots you're put in, you got to get stops. you got to force field goals instead of giving up touchdowns after a sudden change. I think that's the next step for this defense for the Colts to get to. Guinea's Va- uh, Matt Taylor, easy for me to say, uh, voice of the Colts. Our coverage is going to begin 9 a.m. on Sunday. It is week eight, Colts and Saints. Matt, is this year 37 of Derek Carr facing the Colts? Yeah, this is. Yeah, I think it's actually 39. But, Gosh. Uh, <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, I'm like, I'm watching we, Thursday Night Football last night. I'm thinking Ryan Fitzpatrick played the Colts a ton. I feel like for non divisional quarterbacks, Derek Carr has got to be near the top of that. I mean, obviously, Brady, yeah. if you want to go back, but I mean, Derek Carr has got to be close to the top of the list. Yeah, I mean, it, we joked earlier this week on the podcast, we said he should be playing for Tennessee Titans because this is like a the division game for him because in all seriousness, it's the sixth straight year he's going to play the Colts. He's 3-3, three and three, but he's had some really big games, right? He's completing about 69% of his passes against the Colts uh, historically in his career, 13 touchdowns to four interceptions. And what's scary is he's 2-0 and oh at Lucas Oil Stadium. He won in Week 17 a couple years ago during the 2020 one season um, playing for the Raiders and you know he's one of those quarterbacks you can never count out because he's just so cool and poised um, you know in crunch time he's got 28 fourth quarter comebacks 33 game winning drives including the last time he played at Lucas Oil Stadium that game I'm talking about in uh, 2021 with the Raiders that was a game winning drive in the fourth quarter he's got the third most game winning drives among active players so he's just you know I, I, it, it's no secret. I, I've always really had a, a strong affinity for him. You know, he can be my quarterback anytime. I love him as a leader. I love him as a guy. I love him in terms of what he brings to the team. And you know, he's he's deceptively athletic. He's a great passing quarterback. He loves to, you know, take shots and get a lot of guys involved in that offense. So I, I like him a lot personally. I just hope he doesn't have a big game on Sunday against the Colts. Matt, kind of going on the flip side of that. You know, again, individually, you've listed some of their talent. It, it is surprising. To especially offensively, the struggles they've had. Carr has been an efficient guy against the Colts in his career. And I'm curious how they will try and attack a very depleted cornerback group. And I guess what does that look like for Indianapolis? Uh, I'm pretty torn on like what they will do at that you know kind of third corner spot. I mean, part of me thought you know Kenny Moore um, and playing him just outside and get EJ Speed on the field a little bit more would make some sense in a base package, but I understand that you know a lot of teams nowadays, they want three corners out there for the majority of the game. The Colts are one of those teams. How do you think they handle life without Juju Brents for however long it's going to be? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know because you're right. Kenny Moore is so valuable leaving him in the slot. And if you – I mean, predominantly the Colts have played a lot of nickel this year. I think it's almost 80% on the season, which is you know right in line. That, that, that jives with most of the NFL. But, you know, the conversation this week because of depth at corner has been, well, just move Kenny out and, and put like Tony Brown in there at, at uh, the nickel or you go base and have Shaq Leonard play more linebacker, E.J speeds out there at linebacker in the base defense and that they could very well do that and I don't think there's a huge drop off with EJ speed out there instead of a third corner because he's that good and that athletic and and that versatile and he's pretty good in coverage too no without without a doubt I mean you like him uh, matchup wise on a on a you know slot uh, receiver or you know, a running back out of the backfield. So I don't think there's really all that much drop off there just because of how good and athletic he is. But, 
the Colts are steadfast, though, on they're not going to take Kenny Moore out of the slot. You know, when they do go nickel, it's going to be Kenny on the inside because of everything that he can do, the trust level that they have in him. And Ron Milas made a really good point yesterday. You know, based on some of the formations uh, given to the Colts on offense and some of the looks, Kenny gets kicked in on the inside, so it's almost like playing base defense with Kenny playing nickel because he's such a good tackler in the box. He then kind of performs the same duties of a will linebacker as a nickel corner, if that makes sense. He's just that good and that talented and, and that sure of a tackler, right? He leads the NFL in tackles among cornerbacks. He leads the NFL in tackles for losses among cornerbacks, and he's got um, he's blitzing more. Uh, they're trusting him at the point of attack inside the box more. We saw that with uh, a sack and a half last Sunday against Cleveland. He had 10 tackles against the Browns last week. So that that's, I'm right there with you, KB. I'm really interested to see what the Colts do personnel-wise, knowing that if, if Brent is down, Daryl Baker Jr. has been kind of up and down personnel-wise. Um, but you, you want to make sure you got Kenny Moore out there at all times and nickel. But, um, yeah, EJ Speed and, and Kenny Moore, those are your two wild cards this week, Sunday and it made me moving forward without Juju Brents in the lineup at corner. Matt Taylor joining us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline, voice of the Indianapolis Colts. Again, coverage beginning Sunday at 9 a.m. Saints and Colts right here on the fan. Last one for me, uh, great stuff on the defense. Offensively, I'll give you a two-part question. What have you and Coach seen up close there with Downs, with Josh Downs? Really three good games in a row. Really two of the last three have been spectacular in and then, you know, we've seen JT get more snaps and a few more touches than Zach Moss. Uh, I think the training wheels have either come off or this week they fully come off. What do you make of the running back duo and Jonathan Taylor probably getting a little bit more work going forward? Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, last week it was a true 50-50 split there between um, Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor. Both guys played 35 snaps. Both guys had 18 carries. I don't know if the Colts you know, wanted it to work out that way, but that's exactly what happened. And so I think this might be the week where Jonathan Taylor kind of goes over that threshold, if you will, maybe takes on you know a lion's share of the, the carries in offense. Plus, Zach Moss is banged up a little bit. He practiced uh, limited yesterday. Um, he was a DN on Wednesday in practice. We'll see what he is today. But he's he's a little bit banged up, but Jonathan Taylor's starting to ramp up in terms of, of health and conditioning and total acclimation and comfort within this offense. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Jonathan Taylor starts to round into you know, stereotypical 2021 Jonathan Taylor fashion, you know, ripping off big runs. And the thing that's been most encouraging and, and tip of the cap to Shane Steichen is like, we just got to get the football in our best players' hands. And that's, to your point, Andy, that's Jonathan Taylor. That's Josh Downs. They've been really creative with Downs uh, formationally. He joked after the game, I've never been in motion uh, more in my life. <laughs> I think I ran about a mile before the line of, or before the snap at the line of scrimmage last week against the Browns. And that's what they had to do. Stacks, bunches, um, get them in motion to get free releases off the line of scrimmage when you're playing a team like the Browns, when you're playing a team like the Saints on Sunday that play predominantly press man-to-man coverage at the line of scrimmage. So that's going to be something that carries over, I think, to this Sunday as well. But Jonathan Taylor catching balls
balls um, lined up as a wide receiver. He's got nine catches on I love the season it. on 11 targets. I love it, too. Yeah, I love he's got, it. He's got two catches in the last two games over 20 yards. So he's been explosive running the ball and catching the ball, too. And, again, I think it, that's what's frustrating about these last two games for the Colts is they're scoring points. They're moving the ball. They rank sixth in the NFL in uh, point average. And um, they're, they're one of three teams in the league right now that rank in the top ten in rushing and passing, but they don't have the wins to show for it. The explosive plays have been there, but I think you know Shane Steichen is has, he should be given a lot of credit because he's had two quarterbacks, a bunch of offensive line changes. You know, having to deal with some of the best defenses in the NFL here lately, and they're still racking up points, and they're still getting chunk plays. And Jonathan Taylor and Josh Downs have been uh, a big part of that equation for this team on offense. Matt Taylor, we'll end with this. And Andy Sweeney, I consider Matt Taylor a friend, and I guess I'm going to test my friend knowledge of Matt Taylor with this one, okay? Okay, let's go. Matt Taylor, Tuesday's Halloween, all right? Let's go, yep. I, I'm going to give out four costumes that I think you potentially donned back in the day, and I'm hoping that I can get one of these four right, all right? All right. Okay? Okay. Uh, these would be the four in no particular order, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I've got Jim Harbaugh. I've got Reggie Miller. I've got Jose Rijo. And I've got oh, wow. Tom Petty. Wow. Okay. Oh, wow. Were yeah. you ever one of those four for Halloween? I was a Colts player, so hardball technically, yes, that's 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 right. I, but I, was there a specific Colts player? I, I I don't know. I feel like I'm not getting full credit for that answer. Um, no, I probably had just like the the basic, you know, the the cheapo Rydell uh, Halloween <laughs> Rydell. set, you know, you know, like the, the the nameless back jersey, the T-shirt jersey. Um, Never Tom Petty. No, I don't. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Because um, Tom, Tom Petty was more like high school, and that's when that's like it's like the old Seinfeld bit. You know, you're going through the motions. You hit the doorbell, Bing Bong. They say, "What are you supposed to be?" And you're like, "I'm supposed to be done by now." All right, I hit the door. You hit the bag. That's how this works, lady. Yeah, too um, uh, too cool for school there. Yeah, but no, I was I was. Um, a, a a teenage mutant ninja turtle. No, oh, sure. Yeah, same. Uh, I was a Ghostbuster. I Definitely. was the the Joker one year, and then the next year I was Batman. Uh, I was the Ace of Spades one year. Uh, that that was that's going back real little though. Um, maybe a clown, real little. Now Ryan uh, Bowen passed down a Jim Carrey mask costume oh, to me. No, so the Riddler. Yeah. So the, the Bowen Riddler. brothers have each been Jim Carrey as mask. Outstanding yep. costume. I was the Riddler. You're sensing a Batman theme. I was hugely into Batman um, in you know, those adolescent years. Uh, how about you? What was your go-to Halloween well, costume I, as a kid? Jim Carrey mask. For, I think I did a couple of years for that. Certainly um, a teenage, uh, gosh, blanket on it, um, turtle. Uh, yep. Donatello, I, 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 yeah, I'm Raphael, which what one I was, but I, I can't You're really probably Leonardo. which one. Um, and then a Ghostbuster was probably a little bit more of a go-to for me now. And then lately, I've been Kevin Bacon. I, I might, I'll be a strip of <laughs> bacon on Tuesday. Okay, the costume okay. is, is very hot. I, I do struggle with uh, vision kind of laterally, so driving with it is maybe not the best thing to do. Uh, but come Tuesday morning, I will be rocking a crispy strip of bacon. Now, are you guys are you guys big couples um, costumes? 
like when you go to the party, the adult parties, are no. you guys known as couples? No, we we are not. We did do for Rosie's first Halloween. We did a again. I was a strip of bacon. <laughs> Maddie was a piece of toast, and Rosie was an egg. I think that's the only oh, that's time. Nice. I like that. We've really done the whole group. Now you, you you brought up the Reds connection when when Molly was one. Um, you know, she's a girl. Obviously, it's not going to make sense. But I, w- I was so, I was so jazzed up and geeked up to to have you know my 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 spawn represent me on Halloween <laughs> that I, I I dressed her up as Joey Votto that first year. Oh. You couldn't even go Rosie oh, Red. I don't know. No. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about no. that. Yeah. You didn't want to go Marge shot for her? <laughs> yeah, she was her, her first. She will always have the badge of her first Halloween costume, a baseball player that she will never watch play baseball. I, I feel like you already have your lead in for your um, <laughs> for your father of the bride speech here yeah. with that. Uh, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts. It is Colts and Saints coming up uh, Sunday at 1 o'clock. And after this, it is several trips uh, away from home for the Colts on the horizon with a bye week here coming up in November. Mate, have a great weekend, man. Good luck with the battery in the car, and we will talk to you uh, next Friday. Appreciate it, Matt. Yep, it's fixed. It's ready to go, boys. Let me know if you need a ride. (laughs) Matt Taylor right there on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Him, Rick Venturi, and Lara Overton coming up on the radio call. It is a Fox game this weekend. I don't know, Andy, if I have ever heard Mark Sanchez... Uh, be a color analyst really? for a game, and yeah. that's who you'll get this. He's not bad. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's bad at Is all. He? No, I thought. He, I thought he's fine. By the way, I think I know who I'm going to try to be. I'm going to see if I can get some stuff here on Amazon. Oh. It shouldn't take too much if I can pull this off. Do you, do maybe, you want to be a surprise? Nah, or I mean, gonna... maybe the listeners. It's uh, it's kind of corny, but I think it, it'll play on the YouTube audience. Uh, I think I'm going to try to dress up as Bobby Petrino on Tuesday. Oh, wow. Now that could get dicey on the motorcycle. <laughs> Elijah, do you know what that means? Does when I Nikki say, know this? Uh, she knows about Bobby Petrino. When I when I say brace? yeah, when I say Bobby Petrino, do you know what I do you know what kind of costume I'm going to look like or try to look like on Tuesday when I say that? Well, you're going to look like a football coach, but I'm assuming with a neck brace. I have no idea. So you have no, you, so you don't, don't really know. You, you I mean, don't know, know the story is. here. I don't know the story. I know he uh, is. He supposedly story. had a his mistress on his motorcycle. Uh, and they fell off the motorcycle, and Bobby Petrino had a scraped face and a neck brace and an Arkansas, you know, sweatshirt. So that's basically what I need. And uh, there's a couple. There's we have an Arkansas fan or two in the building. I might see if they have an extra large sweatshirt that I could borrow for Tuesday. I have Tuesday. a neighbor that has one of the pig suey <laughs> license plates. Oh, yeah, we haven't yeah. had a conversation yet. I'm probably a little. <laughs> A hair intimidated. He lives on the end of the street, so okay. it's not like I see yeah. him on a daily basis. Um, gosh, what was, I, what was I about to ask? Oh, Irvington is huge for Halloween. Oh, yeah. Your we, neck of the woods. I think Saturday we're going to go up there for it. It's very busy, so yeah. uh, if the weather's nice, it's supposed to be nice. Get little uh, gas in his yeah. Giants uniform, maybe? Yeah, it might do something like that. Uh, just by the way, just two numbers. Do you like Derek Carr attempts... 32 and a half over this is, under. This is Hammer again, right? Uh, yeah, Did Hammer is, do that this last is Hammer. with us? And then, and then Taysom Hill rushing yards, 10 and a half. Kind of so, like that. I was shocked that Taysom Hill is still playing football <laughs> when I watched the game last <laughs> Thursday. a lot of money doing he it. He is one of, the Saints have 13 dudes, Andy, over 30 years old. 13, that is one-fourth of their roster is over 30 years old. Taysom Hill is one of them. I would go over on Hill. I don't do. I I don't want to touch that car one. That, okay. That, one, I, that rattled me. What he looked like on Thursday slash. I I feel like he's a hit or two away from Jameis time. Uh, 
Maytay likes him way more than yeah, we he does. do. Way, so does way, Jake. way more. And, and well, I I want to be fair. I think I've liked Cars. You know, I think overall he's had a nice career. I didn't like him at all on Thursday, and I haven't liked him in a Saints uniform. But I mean, he is. I think for the most part, carried some Raiders teams to you know levels that I didn't think they necessarily should have been at. I mean, remember a few years ago, Andy, when they made the playoffs. With oh yeah, Rich sure. Basaccia as sure. their interim head coach, and they gave the they gave Cincinnati everything they wanted in that first round playoff game before Cincinnati got on a run there. But Taysom Hill, by the way, they can get out of his deal after I think next year. He's making seven mil this year as Taysom Hill. Shout out to Taysom Hill, who doesn't really do very much, but makes very very good money to do whatever the hell he does. Yeah. Good for him. And I think the one thing about New Orleans, and several Colts defenders have said this this week. Obviously, their offensive numbers, Andy, are not very eye-popping. But in Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill especially, those are two dudes that, like, they get in a huddle and you have no idea what they're about to do. I mean, Kamara is, they have absolutely peppered him with targets and carries since he came back from the three-game suspension to start the year. And Taysom Hill, like, there are moments where he is lined up as an inline tight end blocker. (laughs) And then other moments where he's playing quarterback for, you know, three or four plays. So... I don't think the Colts have maybe seen as much versatility. Like, like honestly, if you just kind of grouped their skill players, just looked at their skill players, it's probably one of the better, more diverse groups the Colts are going to see it, this season. It, it's a, the upper half of the NFL. Yeah. Th- th- that's fair to say. Which, I think. again, and that's why the dead car battery, I think, is a great analogy. It's like, I know something is in there, but their offensive line has had major issues. Cars struggled, and play calling has been... Uh, think about this with Taysom Hill. How many guys, and we'll go to a check down here in a second. How many guys are a tight end, then become a quarterback, then get a contract, then go from quarterback back to a running back slash tight end role? <laughs> I mean, like in, in your lifetime in football, yeah, in I, NFL I, yeah. football, how many times will you see what what this team, what this organization has tried with Taysom Hill? You may never see it again. I know. And then there was like a couple of those off seasons like, is Taysom Hill the franchise quarterback? Yeah. Like, I feel like we did that song and dance yeah. oh, for yeah. a couple of off seasons there. So uh, Saints and Colts coming up as the Colts uh, NFC South slate uh, will be heavy here coming up in the next couple of weeks. All right, before we get to a pop quiz, which will be a freebie Friday, so that means a winner, and it also means a $100 gift card, 459 Barber Lounge. We've given that away all week long. We will continue to do that. Let's do a morning checkdown. The morning checkdown. On 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. All right, week eight of the NFL season underway last night. Bills needed to win. They got it 24-18, the final there. Buffalo goes to 5-3 and three on the season. Tampa just 3-4. and four. Uh, Tampa might be in a free fall here, hey, which would Baker not be surprising. Baker did what I needed. Baker, Baker did what I needed. Baker did the damn thing. Josh Allen had a nice game as well. All right, quickly, another Steichen sound as we get ready for Sunday's match. We talked about that offense. Uh, we get ready for the Colts and Saints at 1 o'clock on Sunday. Here's what Steichen had to say about those weapons in New Orleans. Yeah, we got to be really detailed. Um, you know. 
Uh, on the injury front for the Colts, again, little illness Saints-wise, so something to monitor going into the final week or final practice of the week. Three guys in their injury report um, have had various illnesses this week. Colts-wise, four guys missed practice for a second straight day yesterday. That would be two on offense, Braden Smith and Kylan Granson. Two on defense, Juju Brents and Eric Johnson. I would say, Andy, through the first eight, now eight weeks of the season, this is probably the most did not practice we've seen for the Colts so far. Now, again, outside of Braden Smith, I don't know if you label any of those guys maybe as top 10, 12 players, although Juju Brents, you certainly felt his absence, and you just want to see him out there with how many injuries he's dealt with here in his rookie season. So, a little bit of a Friday injury report to watch here for the Colts in week Looking at Major League Baseball, we'll have the game, World Series Game 1 tonight, 7 o'clock on the fan, Rangers and Diamondbacks. Uh, if you're looking at the money line, since we've spoke uh, this morning, Texas now minus 160 on the money line, over under of 8, Zach Gallen v. Nathan Ivaldi. Ivaldi right now might be the MVP, one of them, well, one of them for the Rangers, 4-0 and with just a 2-4 ERA. Again, Rangers, Diamondbacks tonight coming up 8 o'clock on Fox. All right, no game for the Pacers on this Friday night. They will be off to Cleveland. By the way, happy birthday to Rick Carlisle. I'm sure he's enjoying that multi-year extension he signed yesterday. Uh, Pacers and Cavs. And, you know, I don't think we have a lot of this in an NBA 82-game season, but I look at Cleveland almost in a way like the Jags to the Colts. Like, they are probably better than the Pacers in the division. If you want to maybe be a playoff team, finish higher in the standings, you know, winning a season series against the Cavs would be beneficial. Obviously, one of 17 is different than one of 82 in the NBA. But nonetheless, notable one tomorrow night for Indiana. Obviously, first road game of the year. Cleveland plays tonight. So it'll be a back-to-back for the Cavs. Donovan Mitchell uh, hit a late three to get a win over Brooklyn on opening night. And no reminder needed, Donovan Mitchell over 40 in Mm. both of the Cavs-Pacers games in Cleveland last year. Bruce Brown and the Cowboy outfit, much needed. (laughs) Coming up tomorrow night, 7.30 tip from Cleveland. Yeah, and just lastly, we'll wrap it up. Local college football, Purdue on the road at Nebraska. Nebraska favored by about a field goal. Who the hell wins that? Is Nebraska that bad? Uh, yeah, if you can get, yes. Well, I mean, they're four and three. If you can get that at maybe two and a half, I'd probably take Nebraska there. Uh, but again, that one's coming up 3.30 on Fox Sports 1. And then the noon CBS game, baby. Penn State, Indiana. Penn State favored by 32, the over-under 46 Can you Saturday. imagine the national reaction to people when they flip on? CBS at noon. It happened week one. The three thirty game was Indiana. Who was it? Indiana. Ohio State. Ohio State kicked you things know, off. That, that beautiful <laughs> CBS college football sounder. Oh, you know. Okay, uh, we just watched college game day. Let's flip through all the channels to yeah. see what we're what we're working with. Wait a minute. That's what I've got. Yeah. Noon CBS. Yeah, I mean, as was- Jason Hammer told us yesterday, <laughs> six and a half points. That is the team total for Indiana. Six and a half points, yeah. which in means Happy which means the overtime over under is two and a half. I mean, they go down and they kick the field goal in the first possession and take a three nothing lead over Penn State. You have hit the over in the first few minutes of the game. That's fantastic. Now, again, we go back to the Michigan game, and we did this a few weeks ago, Andy. Uh, What was that line? It was very similar, right? Like 33, 32? It it was right there, and they covered, yeah. And Indiana scores that opening touchdown, and you're thinking, at the end of the first quarter, I believe it was Indiana 7-0. 7-0. 
And Michigan and their spies come back to cover. Yeah. Did, I'll, I'll did, take did Penn Connor State. Stallions get to that game late? Was he not there? Is that why it was 7 0 <laughs> Indiana? Is that what it was? He, 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 didn't, he didn't know. He missed the first quarter of Indiana's game when he went to go scout. <laughs> that was it. He got there. He had car problems like Maytay. Yeah. He had to yeah, get the triple car A. battery there. Yeah. On that end. All right. Pop quiz is next. 317-239. Life is full of things to manage your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Have you studied? Can you handle the pressure? Sharpen your pencils. It's time for the Pop Quiz with KB and Andy. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube, Indiana's favorite oil change since 1985. All right, KB, uh, as we get going here. Is that your Apple Watch going on? I I don't know what's happening. I don't know who's even calling me. I think that's my old vet that's calling me. By the way, I'm going to a new vet today. Oh, that's a big deal. That's a big deal after the show today. So a lot of interesting things. taking out a mortgage to head there? (laughs) Yeah, well, my old vet has to be very upset that, that we've moved away. Well, that's probably why they are calling you. Yeah. Are you sure you don't want to drive back down to exactly. southern Indiana? Just drive an hour and a half Two down I-65. medicine that you've yet to pay for here. <laughs> oh, man. As long as it doesn't have a comma, it would be... Uh, no, it won't It won't be that bad. Alright, so we're going to do our Colts picks to end the show, uh, but right now we have... This is a double prize double Friday. Double prize. Oh, Freebie man. Friday. Pop quiz 459 barber lounge uh, across from the fashion mall 86th street outstanding place hundred dollar gift card coming your way plus your jiffy lube oil change per usual andy correct me if i'm wrong have we had an over fiver and a five for fiver this week or was okay. that last no, week we had the five it, it, for we, we had the five for fiver last week. Okay. Like last like Thursday, maybe. This week's been a pretty pathetic group yeah. then, hasn't it? Yeah, at least I forget the gentleman. No offense to anyone uh, that no has offense. called in. The gentleman's name, he was fun. Maybe he was fun to have on the phone yesterday, but he didn't, he only got a couple right, and then, yeah. And we had Belichick uh, on earlier yeah, in the week. And our, he was, our man he on Tuesday or Wednesday went 0 for 5 yeah. and had the personality of a, of a doorknob. So, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it could be a good it. Halloween costume. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Better no than Bobby yeah, again, no offense. Let me stress <laughs> yeah, that. No offense. Yeah, again. Of course. Uh, with all due respect. Yes, with here, all due yeah. respect. Yeah, but, uh, all right, a <laughs> number, one through eight, as oh, we try to goodness. end the week on a positive note here for the pop quiz. Yeah, I, I think the Colts win by four. Let's go caller number four, Elijah. Who all do we right, have? That is Fred, and I must say, I think Fred sounds like a very studious individual, so Great. I think he might go five for Look five at on this. this. Elijah's stamp of approval. Hey, hey, Fred. <laughs> Hey, how we doing this morning, guys? Good, Fred. How are you? Nah, not five for five. <laughs> <laughs> well, Elijah said you sounded st- you sounded studious. So what did, what kind of conversation yeah. did you guys have where he he believed you were studious? Fred helping you with your homework he, he and just, Franklin it just had that air of confidence that is so important to come out on top in a pop quiz. I can I can feel it through the phone. I don't need to know him that well. I can just feel it. <laughs> Fred, are you a- read question one. <laughs> Fred, are you a Halloween guy? Um, no, nah, man, but my wife sure is, man. She <laughs> has me going to a, a Halloween party tomorrow. Uh oh. Uh oh. What's the costume? 
Uh, Candyman. Look at that. <laughs> Good. I Look like that. that. What is your favorite Halloween candy of all time, Fred? Um... The Reese's Cups, yeah. man. I'm a yeah. Reese's man. Yeah, so am I. Why mess with success? Reese's, Reese's, Reese's. Could not agree more on that end. Well, Fred, no matter what happens here on the Pop Quiz, you are a winner on this Friday. Elijah's already said you're a genius. Uh, Andy Sweeney, you want to throw number one at him? <laughs> All right, Fred, let's go. Question number one. Purdue and Nebraska face each other on the gridiron tomorrow in Lincoln. Who leads the all-time series between the Boilermakers and the Cornhuskers in football? Purdue. That's a good start. Elijah giving them the answers here. All right, number two, Fred. The IU football team's off to Happy Valley to take on Penn State tomorrow. The Nittany Lions have dominated the series, winning 24 of the 26 meetings all time. The Hoosiers' last victory was that iconic uh, COVID game, if you will. Michael Penix stretching it across the goal line for the win, hitting the pylon. Who was the Hoosiers' head coach the first time they beat Penn State in football? Was it Bill Mallory? Terry Hepner, Kevin Wilson, or Bill Lynch? Say Kevin Wilson. All right, question number three. Fred, the World Series gets underway tonight at Global Life Field in Arlington, uh, Arlington, Texas, as the Rangers host the D-backs. It's the first World Series for the Rangers in the three-year-old ballpark, but it's not the first World Series to be played at Global uh, Life Field. It hosted the 2020 Pandemic World Series, won by the Dodgers, if you remember that, okay? Who was the Dodgers' opponent in that 2020 World Series? Series was it the Astros, the Rays, the Red Sox, or the Twins? Can you give me those teams again? Yeah, sure. Uh, Astros, Rays, Red Sox, Twins. Let's go, Rays. Look at what we have going on here. I like this. Fred, number four, Damian Lillard, 39 last night in his debut with the Bucks as they edge the Sixers. I think it was a one-point finish there. Uh, Lillard's 39 is a new franchise record for most points in a season opener. Who held the old Bucks record? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Brandon Jennings. By the way, I had a Brandon Jennings Bucks jersey back in the day. One of my dumber purchases ever. Why? Gave it to my old roommate, Brent Young, after a while. Uh, Glenn Robinson or Terry Cummings? Mm. Kind of liked how fancy Jennings was. You know, he's a great passer, and I think that's what some of the was. Let him go, Terry Cummings. Plus, wasn't oh my wasn't Lord, Jennings? Um, Jennings was like the first to go overseas and then go to the NBA, yeah, right? Wasn't he an Oak Hill guy at one yeah, point? Yeah, I think so. I remember are, his recruitment. Are you seeing what's happening here with I, Fred? Listen, by the way, listen, I, I, I hope Fred wins um, everything in life. Okay? Elijah, you are literally mother clear. Like they got a magic <laughs> eight ball over there. <laughs> All right, happy 64th birthday to Pacers head coach Rick Carlisle. Carlisle is in his second stint as head coach with the Pacers. Sandwiched in between is a 14-year stay as the head coach of the Dallas Mavericks. With which team did Carlisle begin his NBA head coaching career? Was it the Pacers? Was it the Pistons? Was it the Nets? Or was it the Trailblazers? I'm going to say the Pacers. All right.
right, Fred. Elijah with an audible gasp at that answer. Uh, outstanding. That's close, Fred. Outstanding close. effort. No Good. matter what, Fred, you stay on the line. I, I'm not even playing the music. That was impressive. Number one. Job, who leads Fred. the all-time series? Purdue or Nebraska? Purdue. He said Purdue. Kevin Wilson with a win over the Nittany Lions. The Tampa Bay Rays opposite the Dodgers in the 2020 World Series. I thought the Terry Cummings answer was very impressive. Oh, I that. probably would have gone Abdul-Jabbar or Big Dog there. Yeah. The Bucks' previous franchise record holder, number five, Andy Sweeney. Yeah, Rick Carlisle started his head coaching career with the Detroit Pistons oh, is man. the one that... Uh, Tripped him up at the end, but I tell you, tremendous. He did all he could. Fred got us into the uh, into the weekend the right way. Good luck with the Candyman costume tomorrow night, Fred, and congrats on your winnings. Speaking of winnings, let's give out our Colt Saints pick. We'll do that to close it out. Job is over. Uh, the job is over until the next time you, you go out there. I'll hang out with the family, make do the uh, the Irvington Halloween Festival. So if you know what I look like, come say hello if you're a listener. I'll be out there for a couple hours, hopefully. Maddie Sitch is doing the Taylor Swift movie on Saturday with her Ugh. sister-in-law Saturday Ugh. night. I was at my nephew's um, flag football game last night. Two girls, they look to be, I don't know, maybe let's call them fifth, sixth graders. One is rocking like a Travis Kelsey Sweatshirt. Oh no! And the other is rocking <laughs> the NFL shield that said like Taylor's era <laughs> underneath the NFL shield. You know, this is all. It set is insane up. to me. No, this is. Here's what it is. Kelsey, this is like a sponsorship. He's got to be getting a kickback for this because they're like, how do we grow the NFL? And the only demo that they're not attacking, if you're the NFL, is the demo of fifth, sixth grade girls. And the girl was like, and here they are. I would love that sweatshirt because <laughs> here they are. her little brother plays for the Chiefs. Oh, Lord heaven. And, so the movie is just... And you can rock that Yeah, so the, mo- the game. The movie is what? I the think movie it's pretty is- much just... The Her concert, right? Tour, yeah. yeah. So it's just the concert, right. but it's on right. the big screen. Sure. Yeah, but that's a whole bleep show, right? I mean, people get up and they're dancing. They're acting like they're at a concert. I know. If I'm not I, mistaken. I think it'll be quite the atmosphere. Okay. It sounds awful to me. I'd much oh. rather get the kids down. Hopefully, they're down by seven thirty. And Pacers calf started seven thirty. Yeah. Yeah. Rosie I, won't I, be I'm, down by seven thirty, but I'm hopefully Maxwell. Uh, all right. It is time Ugh. to give our picks. Uh, last I saw, Saints favored by one. Yep. The over under. It's actually a decently high number, right? Or at 44. least higher than it has been. Yes, yeah, 44. The way to put it. Okay, 44. Elijah Roberson, what do you got? I'm picking the Colts. As Andy said, it's a 50-50 <laughs> chance, and I don't well, know. I'm, I mean, I, I almost had it right with You could say color. that's every game in an <laughs> NFL season is a 50-50 chance. Especially with this one, though. They're just, it's such a meh matchup. But, you know, I got, I almost got Give right us a with score. The yeah, come on. Jeez, put right. your name on it. I'll do... Stu Colts thir- 37, uh, Saints 31. 37-31, let's Man, go. Man, you're going highly entertaining for a second straight week. <laughs> well, uh, should hey, I might be right. Yeah, go ahead. It doesn't matter. Uh, I'm going to go Colts 23-20. Um, again, I have just had this scar tissue with watching Derek Carr last Thursday that maybe the mini-bye week was exactly what he did or needed. I mean, maybe that 10 days off because it was ugly. Um, and I just feel like the vibe in New Orleans – is very much like if this doesn't go well, 
we're calling for Jameis, and hell, we might be calling for Dennis Allen at some point. Like expectations were not this, and they've looked much worse than three and four. Mm-hmm. Whereas again, Indianapolis, it just feels like a totally different vibe here. And obviously, when you score thirty-eight last week against a really good defense, that certainly stands out to you. So Jonathan Taylor over a hundred on the ground. I think the D line does enough for you against another banged up offensive line. And uh, Colts get a much-needed one, 23-20. Yeah, you know, I called the cut-the-crap game, season swinging, whatever you want to say. I kind of tipped my hand earlier. Yeah, I've been back and forth. I'll go Colts 24-20 in this one. So that's going to be right at that 44 uh, over-under. Elijah has him blasting through that. That that would probably be the one that I would stay away from the most. Um, I'm with you. I think Jonathan Taylor, we get back to a 70-30 type split with he and Moss. Uh, you know, with all the Michael Pittman, Junior stuff. I think Pittman has a solid game. I think Pittman has a good game. I think he's a leading receiver in this game. And and for me, uh, don't let Kamara go crazy. And if the defense needs a stop, go get one. Steichen, don't give away points. Minshew, don't fumble the damn ball. I'm wanting them to see them clean up these items. If they don't, they'll be three and five, and the conversation won't be a bunch of happy Colts fans coming in here on Monday morning. Yeah, I'd say the two worries that I have in, in you know pick the Colts, again, if your D-line does not disrupt a little bit, they have the weapons to beat you. I mean, Carr, and, or excuse me, Kamara, Alave, Thomas, um, Rashid 22, like those guys, I mean, they have some potency there. And then on the flip side of it, um, you know, they're going to play a lot of man coverage. They're going to come up and they're going to press you like none other. It, a, do you have time to create some big plays? Um, you know, those crossers, things like that. Do you throw a screen or two at them? That's why I do think Taylor, if you can run it at them and start to kind of establish him as that definite bell cow, um, the Colts should win this game. This is a game, if the Colts lose, you're going to get anger at the Colts. Last weekend, we all got to get angry at the officials. This week, unless it's the refs again, you're going to get anger towards this team being 1-9 the last year and a half at Lucas Oil. Yeah, I'd say you're in an anger stretch each of the next three, considering you should beat those teams. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll talk to you Monday. 